this one is for any of the conservatives that have randomly like stumbled upon our video like they did two videos ago. Uh-huh, uh-huh. seed, bitch. No, really. You know, shut the fuck up. They say they say that um, pain is just weakness leaving the body, right? Exactly. Well, a Democratic win, a Democratic victory in a midterm when they're not supposed to win is just me. When uh, it's historically like basically unprecedented it, for them to win. <laughs> it's just me sitting inside of the ballot box, ripping up all the conservative ballots that come exactly. in. Exactly. That's exactly how exactly. I did Exactly. When I went around and I drove to PA, uh, Arizona, Nevada too. I didn't tell you guys about that one because I was unsure, but I definitely drove to Nevada and dropped down my oh. 5,000 ballots in yeah. those ballot drop boxes. I made a difference. Well, and I was, I was driving around to places like Nevada and Arizona and just shutting off voting booths in like Republican counties. Oh, got to. Well, it's because like, I don't want them to be able to vote, you know? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know that we're joking, right? Obviously, this is a joke. Uh, YouTube, don't take us down. Uh, <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, but the thing is, like, we joke saying that, like, oh, well, we just don't want to let them vote because they're conservative. That is they actually really the Republican don't strategy. Don't want to let us vote. <laughs> There, there are tweets like Nick Adams tweeted, I think yesterday, and he said, you should not be able to vote unless you're going in person. Yeah. And it's like, dog, you do you realize like how many old conservatives vote by mail? Yeah. It, it, ah. It's just like they see that mail ballots trend towards Democrats and they're like, rather than try to get those votes and like actually compete like you would in a democracy, they're just like, well, they shouldn't be able to vote. And it's also like because what there was like crazy Gen Z turnout, right? Yeah. A lot of Gen Z is in college and just right. can't vote. They have to vote by mail. Right. What do you expect? I, I don't know. They just, um, they're mad that they lost. Cope and see. Cope and see. Cope and see. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we have a very special mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. Very special um, L plus ratio, literal ratio, yeah. 50 to 49 as of recording this episode uh, in the Senate. Uh, very special, just midterm coverage today. That's right. And at the top of the show, I really want to give a special shout out to everyone that came out and sat with us for our yep, election live, yep. especially everyone that sat there all six hours. But I have to give an extra special shout out to Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say this. <laughs> for, for coping in the chat for so oh, long no. as i said like at the beginning of the show i was like yeah uh i predict ohio is going to jd vance like uncontroversially ohio's pretty red he starts he gets going with his fingers saying no yeah, ohio's yeah. not that red guys ohio's Look, not that red he to, was fighting for uh, ohio to alexander's credit okay I think Tim Ryan did have an effect of pulling a lot of um, Democrats that are running for House races in the state and for the national legislature. Mm-hmm. Tim Ryan definitely did help Democratic turnout that way, but bro was not going to win. No, absolutely not. It just wasn't going to happen. He's so unlikable. I, I'd hoped. You know, I'd injected oh, yeah, myself sure. with some copium, but I, I it wasn't going to happen. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, Alexander. He, he, he was down with Ohio. That's true. <laughs> he was, and he went down with Ohio <laughs> Democrats. Uh, but before we get into this episode, you all. Uh, I'm going to remind you all to check out the Patreon, check out the YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Discord. Uh, we have our live stream replay up if you want to watch it. It's like five and a half hours. But, um, Put it on your, your car. I go you on could, a road if trip. You want. And if you become a patron, you could watch our patron-only live stream that we did. Exactly. We're definitely going to try to do more of those in the future. So again, thank you all Thank you to all of you that uh, that came out and watched. It was a lot of fun. On December 6th, when you all take your road trips to Georgia to yeah. drop off like 30 ballots. We could do a meet and greet. We'll be there too. Yeah, we could, <laughs> <laughs> we could do a quick meet and greet and you can listen to the live on well, Right now. <laughs> hey everyone, we're live from Georgia, Fulton County right now. We just stuffed the ballot box. 10,000 votes going to Warnock. How else are we supposed to win if we can't steal it? I'm God. I mean, like, realistically. Come on, dude. Uh, they don't understand. Today, it might it might shock you. We've never done this before. We're talking about politics. 
We're crazy. talking about elections. We're talking about the midterms. Uh, we also we have a story at the end about student debt relief. You all may have seen it. Kind of got tossed under the radar with everything mm-hmm. else that's going on. But we'll talk about that as well. Uh, but before we get into it, we do have one review. One quick five star review that you I got, got pulled right up here with me. Absolutely from Blue Manny. These gentlemen are a pleasure to listen to at whichever time of the day. Mm-hmm. They are always stating the facts critically and also add humor to not only the facts but also the podcast in general. That's right. I hope that they continue this podcast in 2024 and beyond. Watch slash listen to these guys to get all your political news, all, every single little bit of it. Every drop. You don't need anyone else. Every every single modicum of take that you get from any content creator, yeah. if it's not from us, it's not right. Exactly. Anyone that's not us is a Nazi. Anyone that's further than us is a Nazi. Anyone that's more towards the center to the right of us is a Nazi. Even if they're but take, we are the golden meat. Even if their take is kind of right and came out before us, uh-huh. they copied it. They exactly. Took it from me. They copied. Yeah, they went into the future and took it from us, then came back just to exactly. undermine us. That's how big we are. Because we got it out the mud. That's right. <laughs> we are the mud. If I'm being honest. All right. We got to talk about elections. So as you all know. Big election happened on Tuesday. And while some of the results are not in, we have a lot of results that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of big implications for both the Democrats and the Republicans. A lot of the House seats are still out, but... 99 Senate races are in. Yeah. They're called. They're yeah. done. Yeah. So uh, a quick, a brief overview, then we're going to go state by state. So give you the, the 10,000 foot view really quickly. Uh, Democrats did not lose nearly as bad oh. as people thought they were going to lose. Even uh, picking up several seats that were looking really close or looking like they would just be the Republicans that, mm-hmm. that won the election. Uh, notably, Democrats won key Senate races in Arizona, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Colorado, and most recently, Nevada got called. Wild. Nevada like got last called night for, uh, at Catherine midnight. Cortez Masto. Yeah. Uh, Georgia is now going to a runoff because Raphael Warnock only got, I think, 49.4% of the vote. Mm -hmm. And you need 50% in Georgia to win, or otherwise you go to a runoff with the top two candidates. So Raphael Warnock is heading to a runoff set for December 6th with Herschel Walker. Uh, and we're uh, we're praying that he does well. There's been a lot of people that are saying like, oh, we don't even need Herschel or we don't even need Raphael. We're not going to Senate now because Democrats now have 50 seats uh, just like they did before. That's stupid. Do not say that. That's Fight dumb. as hard as you You're can dumb. for every piece of power that you can get. You're telling me you want Joe Manchin's vote to count more? Right. Exactly. Th- nuts. Exactly. You, you say that you don't want one leniency in case like fucking Diane Feinstein dies or yeah, some shit. In case, like you need that. <laughs> in case Joe Manchin flips, exactly. uh, Kirsten Cinema flips. Fuck off. Uh, as Gage already said, the House is still up in the air. Republicans are projected to win, but they're also projected to win the Senate and do much better, so but who knows? They were also projected to win by, like, what, 60 seats or some shit beforehand? Well, some people on, like, Fox News, I can't remember I can't remember who this fucking guy is. One of the dudes. Jesse Waters? Uh, it might have been Jesse Waters. He I was know. predicting that uh, Republicans were going to take the House by 60 and they were going to get 55 seats in the Senate, which did not happen. Lindsey Graham said 54, and then it was really funny because he went on Jesse Waters, I think, yesterday, and Jesse grilled him. He said, you said wow. 54. What the fuck is going on as with that, As if Lindsey Graham has any power <laughs> at all to do anything. As if Lindsey Graham is his own human being. We probably have Jesus. a further reach than Lindsey Graham. No, that's real. <laughs> Lindsey Graham can't do, he can't do shit. I know, and I was watching back some parts of our live stream, and when we were watching Fox News early in the night, mm-hmm. uh, I think even before before Florida was called, Laura Ingram was on there saying like, yeah, 54 seats in the Senate for Republicans still looks doable. Um, Crazy. Cope and seethe. Cope and seethe. Absolute cope and seethe. Uh, but right now, the AP, as of recording this, which is uh, Sunday, November 13th, by the mm-hmm. way. So things might change by the time we get to Wednesday. Things will certainly change by the time we get to Wednesday. Uh, the AP, the Associated Press, they are reporting that 
211 Republicans have won their House races and 203 Democrats have won their House races. Uh, so the um, the margin here, whether it's Republicans take control or Democrats keep control of the House, is going to be very, very slim, just you like need, it was before. You need what, 218? 218 to control. You need 218. And the AP, yeah. like during our live stream, AP was predicting that conservatives were going to take 218 exactly, right? Yeah, well, it, was it that was, kind of how it was? Uh, we were looking at a couple different sources. AP is always very conservative with their estimates because yeah. they, they hold back and don't really make projections until they get hard numbers that people have actually won. Mm-hmm. But places like MSNBC and CNN right. were predicting like 220, 222 for Republicans. Uh, and, and they even went backwards sometimes, like 215. They they were all over the place. Mm-hmm. We don't know is basically the answer right now. A lot of the seats that are still out are in places like California, mm-hmm. which you may think leans towards the Democrats, which it does in some counties uh, and some districts. But also a lot of districts in California are also uh, very conservative. It's just it's a big state. It's a really big state. Lots of different people, lots of different ideologies. So there's really no way for us to predict. I right think now. it's funny that because like everyone's predicting the house is going to be so close that it could realistically come down to Lauren Bobart versus yes. what yes. Adam Fish, yeah, or something. And she she's been losing the whole time except for I think yesterday she flipped ahead or Friday uh-huh. she flipped ahead by like a thousand votes. But it's going to go to a recall, and I hope she loses. It's definitely going to go to a recount. recount. It's definitely going to go to a recount, and uh, we should have been shouting from the rooftops before she took the lead stop the count oh absolutely. stop the count stop absolutely. the count are are you kidding me oh you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me that adam was winning all the way for a couple days and then all of a sudden at night in the dead of night in the dark it's times, called election day in the not dark, election at, month at 4 a.m <laughs> she's gonna come around and start winning i think they found some ballots yeah that's right democrats also won very important governor races around the country in places like kansas wisconsin minnesota new york pennsylvania and in michigan and in michigan won big and in we'll michigan, get to it later in michigan specifically just a brief overview democrats took a trifecta in the legislature for the first time in almost 40 years and Pennsylvania is poised to flip their state house towards the Democratic Party yeah which is insane like if I was watching a clip earlier I can't remember who it was some dude on CNN but he was basically saying that uh if there was a Democratic state that performed as well as Florida did for the Republicans it's Michigan because the Michigan Democrats blew it out of the fucking water and I I don't know how they did it it was just it was crazy I I'll get to it when we get to Michigan I have a hot take not a hot take but a little under the radar take under that I think take. is why this Democrats is, this won is Michigan. real underground shit it, it, yeah, underground take. you're not gonna get this from other California commentators exactly. New York exactly. commentators uh, all in all massive dub for the Democrats when Conventional wisdom would have indicated that it was going to be a, a total wash for mm-hmm. Democrats. Especially uh, when people were yeah. thinking that Tudor Dixon had a chance. Yeah. She got blown out. The poll showed her ahead at yeah. the end. Uh, but that's that's absolutely not what happened. And we'll get to why this happened a little bit later on on a national level. But I want to go state by state. And also before we get into that, fuck polls. Oh, fuck they're polls. always wrong. Historically, they, were, they are mostly wrong. Today, they, they were egregiously wrong this week. Yeah. And Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene had a banger tweet. She said something yeah. about like, oh, really? They're just winning now? But the polls were saying that they weren't. Uh-huh. She sounds like uh, Hillary supporters in 2016. Yeah, no, like, exactly. Like, that's how crazy they're going. And it's like, even even our take, or I guess my take, I don't know if you repeated this, but yeah. even my take that it was like, um, the polls are probably going to be off by some amount, and they're probably skewed by Republicans, but it's going to be very close. Even that was wrong, because Gretchen Whitmer won by 11 percent mm-hmm. and Tudor Dixon was ahead in the aggregate polling it wasn't data. a chance and and by the way this isn't 538's fault uh because they just combine polling data that they find from other sources and they weigh them differently yeah it's aggregate data so 538 their predictions can only be as good as the aggregate data that goes into them mm-hmm. and if they're getting flooded with a bunch of conservative polls that are skewed towards the Republicans then the data is going to reflect that and indicate that Republicans are trending upwards when apparently in a lot of states that just wasn't the case so it's not their fault it's the pollsters that are awful that are bought up by Republican firms but yeah. Keep that in mind for 2024 when we're freaking out about the same And it's also the fact that, like, uh, uh, we're politics nerds, and I would still never fucking do a poll. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> that's for like people who are in their sixties. Yeah, no, we're we're polling. <laughs> we, we're gonna poll like our uh, our chat when we're on live stream. No, for real. <laughs> but we're not gonna act as though that's like representative of anything. Y'all don't know anything. I don't know anything. We're just exactly. Out here. We're exactly. just out here enjoying. Uh, anyway, starting off with Pennsylvania, probably the um the biggest or at least most notable Senate race that got decided pretty I often think so. or pretty soon I think so early sure. on. Uh, we're talking about the Fetterman, the Fet if you will, uh, despite people claiming that the uh, the one debate that he had with Dr. Oz sunk his campaign, Fetterman managed to beat the pee-drinking, puppy-killing, genocide-denying New Jersey resident Dr. Oz, Dr. Oz by a healthy margin of 5%. And it surprised me because yeah. even even I thought that debate was going to be bad for Fetterman. Yeah. I, the, and to be fair, like the debate was bad for Fetterman, but we even talked about, like I don't really know if the debate's going to do anything because like nerds watch it. Yeah. We're watching this yeah, exactly. and we don't live in Pennsylvania. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Is the electorate watching this? But what I thought the big thing was was I thought the tumor, not the tumor, the stroke was mm-hmm. what was going to get him, mm-hmm. especially with MSNBC railing on him. But I feel like this speaks to the strength of Fetterman as a candidate to say that he can have a fucking stroke. He can have auditory processing yeah, yeah. and um, he, he can't fucking speak like right. properly right now as right. he's on his road to recovery. But yet Pennsylvania still wants him over Oz. One, because Oz is a dog shit candidate. candidate. And two, because Fetterman is just good. Right. He and he he appealed to crowds. He appealed to people that uh previous candidates don't. He appeals to people that politician type candidates uh-huh. do not appeal he, to. He performed we, better than Biden did. We've been talking about this literally for years. For a year yeah. since we started this podcast. Uh-huh. The very first episode we talked about how Joe Biden isn't appealing. Democrats do not appeal to the one third of the American electorate yep. that don't vote. But people like Fetterman do. No matter how much Jesse Waters and Tucker Carlson and whatever Hannity yeah. want to get on Fox News and say, Oh, him in his triple XL basketball shorts and his hoodies, what the fuck are they going to do? He's not a politician. How are you going to let him in the Senate? That's what people wear. Uh-huh. That's what people be wearing. And it's like, this is uh, the Fetterman result here. By He won by 5%. It was about 51% to 46.6%. It is unambiguously an indication that left-wing economic populism works. Yeah. Even in a state like Pennsylvania, where there's a lot of rural, very red areas, Fetterman did better than Joe Biden in blue strongholds like Philadelphia, and he did better than Joe Biden in rural areas and red areas because he went there yeah. and he tried. And he was at an absolute disadvantage because he had a stroke. He can't For the last six months, of the campaign he couldn't really be out there he couldn't really be spitting the message in the way that he would have wanted to but the campaign did it and, and they he, held together he the coalition respected working class people in pennsylvania Th- yeah. that's all you gotta do yeah and he uh his campaign touched on social justice issues of course you know he was an advocate for lgbtq rights he was an advocate for you know uh, protecting trans people trans mm-hmm. kids that kinds of thing or that kind of thing but he also focused on things like wages and deindustrialization and focusing yeah. on rebuilding the economy and those kind of economic messages are able to break through to people much more than uh i don't know what the democrats might want to run on like issues of democracy very important much democracy. more than january 6th much more very important right like protecting our democracy mm-hmm. that's like the most most important thing that yeah. we can do, but it's not going to break through to voters when they're worrying about if they can afford rent. It's like, what is it? Was it Dana Bash on CNN or MSNBC said, you know, one thing that I noticed wasn't on all these polls of issues to look out for. <laughs> <laughs> Democracy. It's the corniest thing. <laughs> she said, why aren't people asking if you're worried about democracy oh my god it's just that's so corny it's like yeah democracy really met we've been spitting very important we've been spending for the the year and a half that we've been doing this how important democracy is and how we need to protect it but it's not going to break through you can't it's so nebulous as an average voter you you can't care about democracy when the democracy seems to never work for you anyway yeah you know what i mean like that's just not going to get through to people um and also 
I, I do want to know, and this is going to be a theme with a lot of the races we talk about, candidate quality matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk a lot about how Democrats are doing nationally, how the Republican Party is doing nationally. And one thing that maybe we often overlook and a lot of other people often overlook is that the quality of individual candidates breaks through. And people oh, yeah. care about it. People did not like that Dr. Oz wasn't from Pennsylvania. <laughs> that was one of the things they disliked most about him. He, was, he wasn't he was from Pennsylvania, and, and people didn't like it. It's like he didn't even attempt to run a relatable campaign. No. And it brings me back to the crudite video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, here I am in uh, Wegg Foods when he couldn't he even remember the name of a Wegmans, fucking yeah. grocery store in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And goes, yeah, I'm here making a crudite. What the fuck is a crudite? <laughs> it's a veggie tray for those Ridiculous. of you that don't know. But he called it crudite. Yeah, no, absolutely. Y- you know what working class people do when they want a veggie? tray they go and get one of those fucking <laughs> yeah. pre-made ones with the little baby carrots and the fucking celery that's it's, what i'd be eating it is hilarious how dr oz sunk <laughs> millions of dollars into his campaign sacrificed his public celebrity and still fucking lost nobody likes him now coping he, is, he was once like a, uh, a a quirky public figure that was on tv that people generally had a positive image of because he was dr oz he was he's a doctor and on now TV. he dedicated himself to the republican party spent millions of his own money on his campaign and lost just for nobody to like him now yeah like he he lost just about everything he had in terms of like you know uh, social social love and that kind of thing yeah he still got lots of money so he'll be fine there but like he he sacrificed himself and got nothing for it and he all not only did he sacrifice himself but a, a thing that goes with the candidate quality that we're going to talk about as an overarching theme is he was the trump endorsed candidate yes yeah. like and he also is kind of bringing down that name which is something we have to talk about later about how the republican party is trying to move away from trump i think yeah yeah. Well, that, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Another core message, though, shit posting works. Absolutely. <laughs> you need shit posting candidates. He was so funny on Twitter. Like, like you need you need to. And I know this gets a bad rap because Donald Trump was a shit poster himself. Yeah. Uh, but that's and and but that also does reinforce the argument that shit posting helped. He won. Like <laughs> shit posting does work. Fetterman was a shit poster. You could tell he had the phone in his hands. It wasn't a staffer. It was Absolutely. him most of the time. Uh, so, yeah, if you're a Democrat, be a shit poster. Be annoying on the timeline. People love it. Go for it. It's like it's what we fiend for nowadays, especially on Twitter <laughs> as it's falling apart. There is no consequence there. Yeah. And it's um, like with his win, that just also cements that the anti-bald ticket failed. Right. Yeah. The anti-ball ticket did fail because we had uh, Josh Shapiro won and John mm-hmm. Fetterman won. And Josh Shapiro was the candidate for governor in Pennsylvania. He absolutely collapsed Doug Mastriano. Absolutely. 15% victory. It was 56.3% to 41.9%. Uh, Shapiro Shapiro dominated in this, this race. An, this is an absolute win for all the men out there with uh, receding hairlines. Yeah. And that's most of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's interesting here because it does mean that some people voted Josh Shapiro and then Dr. Oz. I can't explain that. No, there, there's. I have no explanation for for that kind of voting maybe behavior. Other than voters are scared of Fetterman, Fetterman being a socialist. Yeah, like maybe that messaging stick stuck with them. Also, um, you could also make the argument that Doug Mastriano was like really bad. Like <laughs> Dr. Oz was a pretty bad candidate, but Doug Mastriano was like extra extraordinarily bad. Yeah. Um, and he was also the handpicked candidate by Donald Trump, by the way, for that primary. So um, insane. I guess that. I wonder. That further it it does idea. make me wonder how McCormick would have done if McCormick yeah. won the primary. Yeah. I don't think he would have been able to pull it off but it still makes me wonder if i think the race would have been a little closer the thing though is like i i feel like dr oz was the stronger candidate out of the whole field because of the trump endorsement yeah well because of the trump endorsement but also generally just because
because like he he All kind of had the yeah like he's yeah. a national figure yeah he he kind of had the celebrity behind him and he had the um, politician y vibes once he got down to like actually debating and being yeah. on TV and stuff he was awful right like, it, he was naturally. wildly out of touch but Kill I don't puppies. think uh, David McCormick as a guy who was like well, a hedge fund manager previously <laughs> I don't yeah. think he would have been any more in touch and I think he probably would have performed just as poorly if not worse than Doctor Oz did really um, but that's the fault of the Republican Party not nominating also, any good candidates he never got a chance yeah. Fuck that guy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and also just a note on Shapiro. He probably we, we mentioned before that in Pennsylvania, the Democrats look like they might win the state house. Mm -hmm. Last time I checked, I think it was a one seat difference. Democrats need to pick Ooh. up one more seat for the state house to be theirs. And uh, I think Shapiro probably pulled a lot of lower ticket candidates over the finish line because he, again, won by 15 percent. Love That's, that. Like, to win by 15 percent in any state that is uh, basically toss up or a, a battleground state is ridiculous. Which is also insane because that's another common theme that we saw. We saw a lot of like big winners in the Democratic party party carrying a lot of lower ticket people mm -hmm. and we were supposed to see that for the conservatives we yeah. only really saw it in florida in florida a like, uh, spoiler alert for nevada the republican governor unseated the incumbent in nevada the, incumbent the democratic Democrat. incumbent yeah. by three percent one yet uh cortez masto, masto still won. cortez masto still won yeah and it's it's the quality of the candidate the conservative exactly. candidate must have been dog shit for people to just not do it Moving on to Georgia, though, Ooh. we're talking about Raphael Warnock first. So as we said before, Warnock, he didn't get enough votes to win the election outright. There's a third party candidate that seemed to have siphoned votes off from somebody. It was a third party libertarian. Yeah, who, a white um, guy. A white guy. I'm, I'm convinced that it's the anti-black ticket. Yeah, at <laughs> least at least one percent of voters in Georgia that turned out in 2022 did not want a black person representing <laughs> yeah, them. I had to be them. That's the only reason he got 84,000 votes. Yeah, wasn't that? The, that's crazy. Yeah, 81, 80, somewhere in there. Yeah, uh, Warnock got four. 49.4% of the vote and Walker got 48.5% of the vote, which is about a 35,000 vote difference right there, which is the libertarian candidate. Like yeah. that, or uh, he got about double those votes. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, I would assume that the libertarian candidate probably siphoned votes away from Herschel Walker. That's what I Since imagine. libertarians are a lot closer to Republicans than they are to Democrats, but also because Brian Kemp won't be on the ballot on December 6th, <laughs> it could be the case that people that turned out to vote for Brian Kemp and then for Herschel Walker won't be there because Brian Kemp is no that longer just on the ballot. So happened to vote for Herschel Walker because exactly. they're voting straight ticket. So that may um that may help Warnock's case. Uh, and I'm hoping Warnock's able to, to pull the dub out. On That'd be excellent. 6th. This dude is cursed to run in runoffs. Yeah. Just both times. Well, That's I mean, crazy. And it's like Georgia's like notoriously bad for voter suppression. Yeah. Oh, which, which impacts the people that are going to vote Democrat the Georgia, most. Georgia, Georgia's so. the state that passed the bill that says you can't hand out water to people waiting in line. Yeah. Because that's a problem. And and the thing that sticks out to me for Georgia was that Herschel Walker was one of those nationwide candidates that everybody knew about was running mm -hmm. in Georgia. But Georgia, because it was a red state before 2020 was one of those states that Republicans had to pick up if yeah. they wanted to have a good night. Georgia was one of the states where, obviously, it was very close. Nobody won because it's going to a runoff. They may still win it in the end. I hope not, but it's still a possibility. Uh, but Georgia was one of the states they needed to win in order to justify their existence as a party. Yeah. And they failed to do that. Because Georgia they, they couldn't the get the South. Exactly. Like, that is the South right there. And, and prior to 2020, prior to Joe Biden uh, running for uh, for the presidency, they had it. I mean, it was solidly theirs. I can't remember any time in recent history where the Democrats won Georgia in a presidential election. But they were yeah. able to do it. And now Warnock was ahead of Herschel Walker and may win it again. And that's devastating for them. <laughs> it's really bad for them. Uh, but for governor, 
it, the story was different. Stacey oh, Abrams yeah. got clapped Packed by Brian up. Kemp about 8% margin. Brian Kemp had 53.4% and Stacey Abrams had 45.8%. Now, Brian Kemp is the Republican. He was the incumbent. He isn't a Trumper. He pushed back against Trump when Trump was trying to steal the election, which probably helped him get the win and helped oh, him I'd be imagine, seen again as I'd a less crazy candidate. helped him tremendously because yeah. there was a whole push from the GOP just calling Brian Kemp a rhino candidate. And yeah. I'd imagine that's going to get you the moderate liberals who don't want to vote for a scary socialist. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're we're still handing out awards for not overturning democracy, yeah. which is very interesting to me. But yeah, Brian Kemp definitely definitely benefited from, I think, two things. One, being the guy who pushed back against Trump in 2020. Mm-hmm. That made a lot of voters probably feel better about voting for him. And also, compared to other candidates nationwide running for, you know, governor, whether it be Doug Mastriano or running for Senate like uh, Blake Masters or, you know, Dr. Oz, the other crazies, yeah. he was probably seen, compared to them, as a regular guy. Oh, absolutely. Which makes voters feel a lot more comfortable voting for him over Stacey Abrams, who they probably don't like very much because mm-hmm. it's it's Stacey Abrams. Yeah. She's a black woman running for a position of power and that probably Especially uh, as them. a progressive. Yeah, exactly. In the House though, there was an important race in Georgia in the House. And that's Marjorie oh, Taylor Greene. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene won by about thirty one percent. Which is kinda insane. <laughs> over Marcus Flowers. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, but she's in a very red district in a pretty red state usually. Uh huh. Um and I just um, And a national figure. I'm so glad that we poured I don't know how many millions of dollars behind Marcus Flowers from the D Triple C because he's so he's low key uh, just unlikable. Yeah, I, I did not like his performance in the debate, and I didn't see anything else. He kept talking about how he was popping on social media. I haven't seen a fucking thing yeah. about Marcus Flowers on social media. Like, I wish he would have won. You know I, oh, what I mean? of course. Because that would have, I mean, every seat matters in the House this year. I'm sure he's a decent and guy. <laughs> I, I wish he would have won. Definitely better than Marjorie Taylor. Like, yeah. it doesn't take much to be better than her. The bar's in hell. Um, but it just, I mean, it was already slim chances, but. She didn't. She's not going anywhere. I was like, with this performance, it looks like they should have poured money into Adam Fish. Yeah. To unseat Bober. They should have poured more money into Colorado's third district. That's right. Or they should have given given, uh, Mandela Barnes like a couple million more dollars so he could have fucking won. Because that was a 1% difference. But we'll get to Wisconsin. We'll get to Wisconsin. We're right here at Wisconsin. Oh, no. We got to talk about Arizona first. Arizona first. Oh, you're right. You're right. Arizona. um, In the Arizona Senate, Mark Kelly was just announced to have beat uh, Blake Masters a couple of days ago for us. It was uh, yesterday. Saturday morning. Was this, okay, yeah, Saturday morning. Kelly won 51.8% of the vote to 46.1% of the vote for Blake Masters. That's about 5% for those of you counting. Yep. Uh, Blake Masters, of course, was the Silicon Valley big tech venture capitalist backed by Trump. Uh, that low-key looks like a serial killer or school no, shooter. I just saw so, the picture of him with the gun that you were talking about uh, on, I think, last yeah, week's pod. And yeah. it's the one where he's got the gun in the backseat and all the like fucking patches on uh-huh. his roof. That's unhinged. Yeah, there was also, I don't know if you saw this, it was retweeted by um, Hassan, but there was this ad that went out before the election yeah where it's just it's no music two minutes oh. two and a half minutes of blake masters just like getting the gun from uh 007 and it's silenced it's like the james bond gun yeah and he's just shooting it and he's like this is a really cool gun and it's like school shooter vibes it's that's, weird <laughs> it's <laughs> unhinged dog no no music that's wild no you, music you at least have to put Pulled the royalty the free like rock music back there because that's what made the mark we covered this like a year ago there yeah. was a marjorie taylor green ad i think it's where she was talking about giving away that 50 caliber sniper yeah okay. and that's got like the royalty free rock music in the background she blew up a car that said socialism on yeah. it like that's gas that's cool yeah 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 but just no music silent shooting a gun yeah. like barely any words he, that's why bro, bro pulls up in his car in the middle of a field or I, I guess the desert for arizona pulls up in the middle of the desert <laughs> it, it takes the gun out of the backseat and it's just like got this gun really happy about it he's like doing asmr with the bullets putting them in clinks it into the gun and it's just like shooting in an open field it was bizarre it's like school shooter vibes that's, i like nobody likes that that's fucking nuts so uh, thank god this guy's not in the senate he's a public health risk 
Speaking of school shooter vibes, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil some Texas results a little bit because I know we don't have it in there. Obviously, we all know Greg Abbott won. Yep. Greg Abbott won in Uvalde. No. Yeah. That's crazy. By how much? A lot. I don't know. I just seen it earlier that Greg Abbott won in Uvalde. I couldn't have. I couldn't believe it. I could not fucking believe it. Wow, that's um, that's interesting. I guess the the gun rhetoric really didn't work on the side of the Democrats for Texas. That's sad. Anyway, Arizona governor uh, votes are still being counted at the time of writing this. I believe Katie Hobbs is ahead of Kari Lake, the neo Nazi, by about one point five percent of the vote. Yeah. Uh, thankfully for the Secretary of State's race, Adrian Fontes beat Mark Fincham, who was the Proud Boys member. Let's go, for Arizona Secretary of State. Um, and we we all know that Fincham would have definitely tried to overturn the election. Kari Lake, if she wins, will try to overturn the election <laughs> in Arizona. Um, but things are looking good right now. We'll see. We don't have results. Arizona's still counting, but good news overall. Exactly. Good news overall. Shout out Arizona. Now we got to talk about Ohio and Wisconsin. Yes, we uh, Not great results out of either of these states. So I, I grouped these together because Tim Ryan also lost. Mandela Barnes lost. Uh, both were Democratic candidates for Senate, which means that Ron Johnson is staying in the Senate. And J.D. Vance is now the uh, esteemed senator from Ohio. It's wild so. because Ron Johnson, while he doesn't explicitly run on gutting Social Security, uh, he is known explicitly for gutting, yeah. like attempting to gut Social Security every single fucking year. <laughs> he is like the only person that can get away with having a reputation of trying to get uh-huh. a, get rid of Social Security and yet continue to get the votes of people 65 plus who are living off of Social Security. You know, it, it's so bizarre because every single year he brings it up yeah. and every single year he's like, yeah, we should put it in the stock market. Like, yeah, the stock market, known for never being volatile, known for never losing anybody money, known for never collapsing the U.S. economy. Like, dog, come on. It is such a bad fucking idea. Rather than, like, investing in Social Security, actual reforms that will improve the longevity of the program, bro just wants to get rid of it. And he's the incumbent senator from uh-huh. Wisconsin. I, I can't fathom. And I bet he won the election because of votes from people that benefit from Social Security. Absolutely, because what is it? Like, people 65 plus lean, like, plus yeah. 18 conservative what is it like members of the aarp are like 80 percent republican <laughs> it's like come on dog you they want to get the program they want to alive. You. you're only alive because of like democratically <laughs> backed programs it's crazy to me anyways again i grouped these together jd won by quite a bit uh i think it was like five percent or something over Tim so Ryan, sorry alexander is not great but ron johnson only won by one percent as i mentioned before this was a winnable seat. Absolutely. Um, and it was a, a big, big fumble by the Democratic campaigning arm that they didn't put more funding behind Mandela Barnes because he was extremely electable. Uh, he's won statewide before because he was the lieutenant governor previously. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think he still is. I think now he, he wouldn't have been able to he run to at the resign, same time. Yeah. So, uh, like, we could have won that. And he could have been in the Senate. And we could have had 52 seats if we went in Georgia. But that's just not reality right now. And, and like, that was a fumble. One of the few fumbles, to be honest. True, true. Yeah, so um, not great. But moving on to two states where we did do great. Oh, yeah. New, uh, New Hampshire and Colorado. So we have not talked about the New Hampshire race on this pod before because we just didn't think much of it. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't really ever consider New Hampshire to really be up for grabs by Republicans. <laughs> but some mainstream media types uh, on the right side of the political spectrum did think that Maggie Hassan was going to lose. She's one of the moderates voted against $15 minimum wage, by the way. Famously. Uh, but Maggie Hassan did win her race, and Michael Bennett also won his race in Colorado. Both won by a pretty wide margin, despite polls saying that they were going to be either close or lose. Um, Michael Bennett won by like uh, 17%. I have it in the show notes. Wow. And Hassan by nine. So like they're just, there wasn't a chance for, for either of them to lose, I don't think. So it, it's good that we hung on to those seats. And also in Colorado, Lauren Bobart is only about uh, 1,200 votes ahead of Adam Frisk right now. 
uh, in Colorado's third district, which is only about 0.4 percent of the uh, uh, of the total vote, which is with about like 99 percent of the vote in. So I'll be so fucking happy when she loses. There were there was like a day where it was only separated by like 60. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. insane. Like it's it's a insanely close race, especially in a district that you would think would at least be like get over like three percent above him, mm-hmm. especially because she's the incumbent. And, and she's a, a national area. figure. Yeah, she's a national figure. Doesn't it's she just, live in Rifle, Colorado? I don't Isn't know. that like the thing? Rifle Probably. Colorado and her restaurant shooters that got shut down. I was going like to say she has a restaurant like based on like shooting people. Yeah. Even though her husband can't own a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Lauren Bobart is only ahead by um, about a thousand votes, which is a very, very small margin for a, for a house race. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. It's likely going to a recount. Um, but uh, it's insane that it's even that close for her. Just yeah. a testament to how good Democrats are doing in this election, which was very unexpected. Uh, moving on to Nevada, though. Last night, shout out Nevada. Last night, we learned that Democrats took the Senate. Uh, they were able to hold on to the Senate because Catherine Cortez Masto was reelected in her Nevada race for the Senate, uh, only holding on to her seat by about like what less than one percent. Yeah, point oh seven. Oh yeah, point oh seven percent right in here, uh, which equates to about six thousand votes, which is uh, which is wild, fucking nutty. Yeah, fucking nutty. And notably about that, there was a there was a spot on the Nevada ballot saying that oh yeah you you can vote for governor you can vote for these spots but when you're voting for the Senate election you can choose none of these candidates. Yeah. I I do not want to cast a vote for these candidates. You can actively fill that in rather than leaving your ballot blank just to just to prove your protest. Uh huh. <laughs> just to just to say fuck you to these guys and none of these candidates that slot received 1.2 percent of the vote which was about 11,000. Yeah. And then there were I believe three other third party candidates that ran in this race and they each took um i think one of them took five thousand one six thousand and one almost eight thousand votes yeah so this is a this is an election that completely came down to spoilers yeah no it absolutely came down to spoilers and like if if they weren't in that race and there wasn't an option to say none of these candidates like catherine or cortez masto might have just like won outright yeah or if those votes would have went to the republican then the republican wins outright adam laxel i think it was his like, name I, I i did not know anything about like this race beforehand yeah. but it just makes me think so that adam had to be dog shit oh he was bad adam had to be dog shit to he not get hit, carried by the governor i think he was another trump picked candidate i don't know much about him because we didn't talk a ton about the nevada race yeah. um but yeah he was another trump picked candidate who had some insane views you know january 6th the election was stolen all that kind of stuff so, so cool i mean he was just another basic republican that's insane it so. feels so good to see them just get absolutely packed up you know we got i'm a real american because i love watching nazis lose oh i'm a red-blooded american that's, that's right. i love freedom I, I bleed red white and blue uh-huh. when we get these results in <laughs> no it's like um what, what what what's the thing joe biden always says like you can't only like america when you when you win yeah i, I only like america <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm loving things right now <laughs> i love it i'm an american when we win brother <laughs> until like two weeks from now when it turns out we end up do winning the house and i realize only neoliberal reforms are going to get pushed through but things are trending upward oh yeah then i'll then is one big. I'll go back to being angry, but like if Republicans would have won in the Senate and the House, I'd be an enemy of the state. Yeah, I'd oh, be labeled an enemy of the state. You know what I'd saying? be redacted. I'm an enemy I'd, of the people. I'd be saying redacted things from the pod. Yeah, to borrow a quote from Sally Luther, uh, I'd be an enemy of the people. <laughs> We got to talk about Michigan, though. Michigan won absolutely uh-huh. huge. Michigan came through. Uh, three women won, like, the most powerful seats Re-elected, in the state. by the way. Re-elected yeah. women won. Um, we got a majority leader in the Michigan Senate, a woman, mm-hmm. uh, for the first time, I think, right? 
Uh, I didn't see anything. Or for the about first it. time in a while, the Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. Jocelyn Benson. She's a woman, and obviously Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah. We all know her. A uh, big Gretch. Big Gretch. Shout big out, Gretch. big Gretch. You know, they won absolutely huge. I mean, this Bonkers. is like I cannot understate how big of a win this is, uh, because Gretchen Whitmer again won by eleven percent. Absolutely crushed the police. The police yeah. brutality enjoyer Tudor Dixon. Ooh. Absolutely dominated her. She got half a million more votes than Tudor Dixon yeah. did, with fifty-four point five percent of the vote to Tudor Dixon's forty-three point nine percent. You know, fuck being an American. I'm a Michigander. I'm a Michigander. I, I bleed the Great Lakes. Like, I, I really can't understate how big of a win this is because typically when there's a Democratic president in charge, right, yeah. you already expect things to be bad for his party in the midterms, right? Mm-hmm. But in, our, in in Michigan, in our home state of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, Gretchen Whitmer, Democratic governor, already received a lot of criticism for her COVID Nationally policies. hated. Nationally hated. Nationally targeted since day one by the Republican yeah. Party. She's up for re-election along with her Democratic pals as uh, Secretary of State and mm-hmm. Attorney General. And a lot of Democrats in their Senate, in the Michigan Senate, were up for re-election as well. Yeah. You would expect things to go disastrously when the economy is in bad shape and the political environment is generally bad. But Democrats won... Di- didn't only hold on to what they oh, had. Oh, yeah. They fucking expanded their victory, took a trifecta. That is enormous. They eviscerated the Michigan GOP. And that's I'm, crazy. I'm fucking, I love power. Yeah. I, I care about power. And that's what we got now, baby. Yeah. That's what, ah, I love like, it. And as, did you see on uh, the Michigan GOP's Twitter and Tudor Dixon's Twitter? No, I didn't. Michigan GOP, at, like as soon as they lost the next day, they dropped a memo. Basically talking a memo? about how, They dropped a manifesto. <laughs> they, they dropped a memo talking about how like Tudor Dixon wasn't a good candidate, blah, 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 and like a bunch of other stuff. Right? They just turned, switched up that and quickly. This, this got publicized like a Immediately, and Tudor Dixon was talking shit about them. <gasps> and she was like, "Like you turned your back on me. You didn't provide funding when I needed it. Like She was calling out the Senate Majority Leader. This is a yeah. certified <laughs> that's, hood nah, that's crazy. She was calling out the, the previous Senate Majority Leader in Michigan and then the previous uh, House Speaker in Michigan, saying like they didn't provide me the support that I needed. And then she was saying that she's thinking about running for chair of the Michigan GOP. They are falling apart in Michigan. Let's That's go. Crazy, dog. Like you're telling me you're going to put a losing gubernatorial candidate as your chair <laughs> arm? lost hard. Lost she hard. Lost hard. Like you you can't blame that all on support from the party. If it was like a few percent, maybe the party support would have made a difference. Yeah. Especially you were bad. You were the Trump picked candidate yeah. in a state that like almost went to Trump. Yeah. I also it, need to know. went to Trump in 2016 and almost in 2020. Yeah. Uh, another thing that really uh, magnifies the victory of Democrats in the, in the state of Michigan this year is that in the House of Representatives, seven of the 13 seats went to uh, went to Democrats in this race. Easily. Seven of the 13 national Easily. seats for the House of Representatives. And John James, he finally got his dub. He was yeah. running in Michigan's 10th district, which is a very red area. It consists of a lot of red counties. What, what, he won what, by what, like, half a percent. Uh, I don't remember. Well, obviously there's no cities it's in there, the but like, it's, it's in the, near oh, the thumb. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, he was, uh, he won by only, he won by half of a percent. Uh, and crazy. people thought it was going to be a sweep for him. People thought, he, like, he he skirted That's why he by. was put there. He barely got through. <laughs> like, he almost lost another race. <laughs> no, I can't. Crazy. I can't understate how fucking funny it would have been if he would have lost uh-huh. again. I'd, and I'd, it would have been his fault. My that, tip would have been sticky. Like, Democrats. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's fucking mm-hmm. insane, dude. No, and I had heard uh, a bit, like, uh, I'd heard rumors on Twitter that one of the first things that the Michigan Democrats are going to focus on, like, with their new majority, with their new fucking trifecta they can do whatever the they state, want. is ending right to work. Nice. And if you don't know about right to work, we have an episode about it where we go through all of the reasons why right to work is bad. It's like a 20-minute segment that we go through. Yeah. It's it's a good one. It's a banger. I'd recommend you check yeah, that out. Definitely go check that out if you don't know about that. But, like, I, and I'm not trying to sound too lib here, you know, like, supporting the Democrats yeah. ambiguously. But, like, in, in the state of Michigan, it, like, I— 
it's enormous. Like, it, and, it's an ending, enormous victory. Ending right to work is something that liberals are cool with. Yeah. And that's something that I'm very cool with that I like a lot because it, it bolsters unions. It makes unions a lot better. Yeah. And it's like in states like Michigan that had a big turnout and a big victory for the Democratic candidate for governor and other states that have Democratic governors now uh, or kept their Democratic governor. I mean, that <laughs> means that's like everything for 2024, right? Like, yeah. That's no election. That's You can't steal the election because really? the presidential race uh, for either candidate, Republican or Democrat, whoever it is, if it's Trump or DeSantis or Joe Biden, or like whoever ends up running in 2024, the victory is going to go through states like Wisconsin. It's going to go through Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, and Arizona, and Nevada, probably. Yeah. Like those are the states it's going to go through. And the fact that those states are either going to hang on in some capacity to their Democratic state legislature or Democratic governor. They're trending blue. They're trending blue. Like you can't. Uh, like that's you can't steal the election without those states. Yeah. You, you just can't do it. You need those states in order to win. Um, and they crazy. can't do that now. And that is um, that's a testament to turnout. It's a testament to Democrats holding on to power. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. No, hot take, hot take nationally. Uh, if we're looking at representatives in the House of Representatives from Michigan, if you tuned in the live stream, you know what I'm talking about. Paul Young lost because his mail was too big. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Young absolutely lost because he was uh -huh. sending me mail that was the side of my torso. I mean, and I, it's fucking annoying. Otherwise, I would have voted for him. <laughs> I lo love conservatives. Yeah. I, I love the GOP. It's just it shows that you're not disciplined, you know. Exactly. Dan Kildee sent small mail, mm -hmm. and for that, I, I respect him for. Yeah, Dan Kildee won. Uh, Alyssa Slotkin won in a close race. It was yeah. Um, Alyssa Slotkin's all right though. Do you remember when we talked about Peter Meyer in Michigan's third district? Yes. Uh, he lost because the DCCC funded the more right wing candidate in the primary. Yeah. That guy lost. It worked out. That guy lost. Let's go. Which which is good news in general for like democracy and holding on to the, the House of Representatives if we're yeah. able to do that and stuff like that. But also bad because now the DCCC is going to do it again. Because that shit could have backfired and right. it, it very well might and, backfire. And next the time they do it, yeah, they, it might backfire. It, especially in a presidential year if Trump somehow gets the nomination, that yeah. shit could backfire. And it's like that was um, it was a gamble and it paid off this time. But I, we shouldn't push it. You know what <laughs> we, I mean? We should, we, should, they, we should use that as a last resort. Because <laughs> imagine if it, and this is counterfactual, of course, but imagine if it would have been like a really bad night for Democrats mm -hmm. uh, and Republicans would have turned out a lot more than um, we would have been fucked. Oh, like, absolutely. It would have been an unimaginable amount of just dog shit people in the Senate and <laughs> the House. It would have been really bad. But um, it didn't. It, it paid off. So what can exactly, I say? Exactly. No, my, uh, my, my other like take is obviously I think Democrats won big because of abortion. Like yeah. ac across the board nationally, I am convinced that the only reason Democrats were able to win so big is because of abortion. Because when you take away rights from about 50 percent, when you take away a right, yeah. a right from 50 percent of the population and s fucking scare them because they don't have autonomy over their own bodies yeah, anymore, yeah. they're going to turn out big and they're going to vote big. You yeah, know and I it's mean? like you you can't win elections really anywhere, but especially in areas that are more blue or at least battleground states, you can't win without women voting for you. Yeah. Like because I have the population. Yeah, it's like, I remember a lot of people were talking about like Kanye West running for president after his whole anti-Semitic stuff. <laughs> um, and it's like, a lot of people made the point that like, you, you can't win a presidential election. And I would make the argument, you can't really win house elections or Senate elections or governor elections or anything like mm -hmm. that without having women vote for you. Oh, you absolutely. can't just rely on men voting. Like it, <laughs> it statistically, mathematically, it doesn't work out. Especially because women can vote now. And if you're, if you're taking away rights from people that, you know, have the capacity to get pregnant, you're bound to lose. And half the population. Exactly. Like, that's the big thing is you're taking away a right from half of the fucking population yeah. a right that 70 percent of them love yeah like that they all are in support of uh -huh. most of the countries in support of but if we're zooming back in on michigan i think a big reason why like jocelyn benson and uh the michigan legislature was kicked out and we have a blue legislature is because of unemployment 
Uh, about a year ago, there was a big scandal with unemployment because the federal guidelines changed. Uh -huh. And so the state tried to take back all of the unemployment they gave out to people who, like, had weird, like, niche things changed with the requirements. Right, like a minor discrepancy. A minor discrepancy. Yeah. For unemployment that they previously qualified for, that they pl applied for legally. Also, it's not illegal to apply for unemployment, even if you know you're not going to qualify. Mm -hmm. It's only illegal to fraudulently misrepresent yourself. Right, exactly. To people that did not misrepresent themselves, just... Their situation changed ex post facto yeah. because the qualifications changed. Michigan tried to take back all of the money, yeah. and Jocelyn Benson was the one who went in and forgave all that debt. Yeah. No, that's I goaded. Think, I think that's a huge reason why the uh, Michigan Democrats won. Right. Like, I think that and abortion is what carried them to line because that affected millions of fucking people who got unemployment. Yeah. We're about to talk uh, about ballot measures and abortion in a minute here, but that is absolutely one of the reasons the Democrats turned out in droves in a place like Michigan. Yeah. And why young people especially turned out big in Michigan is oh, because yeah. abortion was on the ballot. For sure. And while that doesn't necessarily account for every single vote that was cast, because again, Tudor Dixon was a really bad candidate that definitely played into people not wanting to vote for her. Mm -hmm. But when you put abortion on a ballot, even though there's a lot of Republicans in the state of Michigan, you're not going to do well if you're the one oh, advocating no. against abortion rights. Yeah. Because what was their what was their campaign? It was too extreme. It's too confusing. <laughs> that was that was how they advocated against it. They tried. And this is honestly the only they thing they ran they on do. illiteracy. The only thing that they could do here was say it's too confusing. It's too extreme. Because if they were to come out and say, absolutely not, we shouldn't vote for this because abortion is murder. Mm -hmm. That would have lost it. Everybody immediately. You yeah. would have lost like 70 percent of the population's attention. You can't come out and do that. The smartest move for them was to say, like, it's too extreme. It's too confusing. But even that didn't work because it wasn't either of those things. Yeah. And people read it and they knew it wasn't. And they also support abortion rights generally. And it's also even back to unemployment. The national rhetoric surrounding pandemic unemployment assurance, which is what the big drama was surrounding, yeah, yeah. was that, oh, you're just fucking lazy if you're on pandemic mm -hmm. unemployment assurance. You need to get off. That was the Republican rhetoric when people were getting tens of thousand dollars of, to survive. Yeah. And then the Michigan GOP During a pandemic. And, and the state wants to take that all back. Yeah. And you see that the Democrat, the Democratic Secretary of State is the one that's fighting for you so that you can continue to put food on the table so that you aren't having tens of thousand dollars taken out of your pocket. So that yeah. you aren't going into debt, they're going to vote for the Democrats because they're actually helping people in this instance. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, Gre I mean, uh, for all the shit that she got for the FBI plotted coup that was against her to kidnap her, <laughs> yeah. whatever it was, or the, the the plot that the FBI unearthed and kind of incentivized. Yeah. Um, for all the shit that she dealt with, with like her COVID regulations and just the trashing that she got from people like Donald Trump and other major Republican figures, eleven percent's huge. Oh yeah. Um, it, it's undeniable that she's she's popular in, in a the former Democratic battleground Party in state too. Uh huh. Insane. Like it's um. I would be I would be coping right now if I was in the Michigan GOP. Coping and that's what they are. And that's, that's seething and molding and they're fighting with each other and I love it. I love watching yeah. them burn. Yeah. You. But you all know this show. When we give you when we give you good news, we you got to make sure you don't feel too good. So we're gonna give you some bad news. Exactly. Now. Time to talk about Florida and Texas. We guys have. And Florida I, I just googled it. Greg Abbott won Uvalde, but he got sixty percent of the vote. Jesus Christ! In Uvalde, there's just no hope for gun reform. What the fuck are you gonna do against <laughs> what, that? And like that—that's what Beto ran on was gun reform. What else do you need to happen in your community? What else do you need to have happen for you to support yeah. gun reform, dog? If if you're Beto or work and you're running on gun reform after some after a fucking elementary school school shooting, yeah. And you can't even win the district that the shooting happened in. Uh -huh. You're fucked. And like he's there's not, no hope. He's not even advocating for like you know taking away all assault weapons. He's advocating for the basic Democrat mainstream gun reform yeah. uh, procedures in, in the state of Texas. And 
people didn't accept that apparently even in the in the county that it happened in insane that's crazy to me yeah so we gotta talk about florida and texas we'll start off with florida first though because this is where these are two states where republicans excelled uh, especially in florida but in florida ron DeSantis and marco rubio both won their races by huge margins DeSantis led the red wave in florida by about 20 percent uh he won a 20 percent victory God, over charlie yeah. chris and rubio won by about 16 percent i'm guessing ron DeSantis is the reason that a lot of republicans did well in florida mm-hmm. i'm guessing he's also the reason that marco rubio someone that basically nobody likes was able to win so big over val demings is because ron DeSantis was on the ballot and he's a nationwide figure he's one of the few figures in the republican party that the base likes that isn't donald trump yeah uh, and we'll get to the delineation and that between isn't the two just things. like a media person exactly exactly so ron DeSantis did very well and uh, florida is, is still very red and probably should not be counted on in the electoral college ever again <laughs> we should never assume that florida might be up for grabs uh, and no. then of course in texas abbott won over beto work by about 11 percent so beto holds another L in Texas. Um, and at this point, Beto Rourke is uh, is uh, kind of, uh, he's on the wayside. I don't know what he's, else he's going to do. He's the Democrats' John James. Like, I hate to say it. Yeah. I hate to say it, but he's the Democrats' John James, except it's not funny when he loses. Except he had been in the House of Representatives before. But so has John. Oh, that's fuck, <laughs> fuck. They got the same rap sheet. Exactly. They Wait have a the minute. exact same record. No. They, they have the inverse record. Fuck, they have, it's the same. Yeah. John James lost a governor in Senate race, too. It's Damn. the same, just in, like, the opposite way. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, fuck, like, they're the same person. Insane. Damn it. Insane. That's tough. Uh, Beto, I hope you break the um, break I hope you pattern. break the cycle. Yeah. Uh, Abbott did, I did see that uh, Abbott, he won, like, a million more votes than Beto did. Oh so, obviously, God. it was not even close. But Beto did win in a lot of counties along the border, which I thought was pretty interesting. Especially yeah, with all weird. the... Um, just the, the fear mongering. Especially with all the fentanyl do. coming across the border. Yeah. All yeah. the fear mongering that Republicans do against people like Beto O'Rourke for them being like soft on crime at the border or like soft on illegal immigration or whatever it is. I just, I thought it was weird to see kind of like a strip of blue along the border. That is in weird. In the counties. But, That's um, really weird. Maybe it's just because the, uh, the population there is less white than in other places in <laughs> Texas. So perhaps that just kind of leans Democrat in general. But I don't know. I thought it was something to pay attention to. But Democrats at Texas does not look up for grabs either. Exactly. And then leading into the next section, I guess it's all those illegal immigrants that are voting in elections oh my god (laughs) to get to an ohio ballot measure ohio put a fucking ballot measure on their ballot saying yeah vote yes if you think that illegal immigrants shouldn't be able to vote if you think someone who's not a u.s citizen should be able to vote yeah that's already a rule (laughs) that's already a rule that non-citizens can't vote in our elections Uh how stupid do you have to be to think that that's an issue and to think that that's a big enough issue to go out and sign a fucking petition for yeah the only thing i can think that would be in reaction to is that new york city at one point announced that um, people that aren't documented citizens would be able to vote in their local elections because people in New York or uh-huh. like undocumented immigrants in New York have lived there for years and years and years, don't have full citizenship status, but still are at the will of people that make policies yeah. in the districts that they live in. They can't vote for like U.S. House or anything like that. It's just local local things that they uh-huh. can vote for. So those people all received um, some amount of suffrage from the uh, yeah, from their which like, is dope. That's their, dope. I don't think it was even state legislature. I think it was just like a county thing that they were doing. Like you can vote for your mayor. Yeah. You can vote for your alderman. Yeah. But it's like in <laughs> maybe, Ohio. Maybe if you want to see who takes a meeting minute. It's like nobody in Ohio that isn't a U.S. citizen is voting. Like yeah. there's no, nothing. Literally. I, 
I don't know what that was like, about. It's just, it's redundant. Got to be racially motivated. It's 100% racially motivated. It's Ohio motivated. Like, yeah. one, like, that's just, that's crazy. I'm sorry, Alexander. Only good thing to come out of Ohio is LeBron. Sorry. <laughs> like, uh, there's been nothing else good out of Ohio, and I'm not going to redact my statement. But we got to talk about the big ballot measures. Oh, yeah. And that's an abortion is the big one. So in Michigan, California, and Vermont, they all enshrined abortion rights into their state constitution, and Kentucky and Montana voted down proposals that would have restricted abortion rights and or prosecuted doctors for administering abortions. Uh, essentially, abortion won everywhere where it was on the ballot. Yes. There was not yes. a single place in the country where abortion lost. But in Kentucky specifically. Yeah. The proposal said, it, w- it was one of the confusing ones where like yes and no were kind of flipped in a way. Mm-hmm. Basically, the proposal was saying that vote yes if there is no state constitutional right to an abortion, right? Yeah. Because the issue in Kentucky was that some people were saying that the Constitution has some kind of privacy provision that allows abortion to be protected under certain statutes. And the ballot proposal was saying vote yes if you don't think that's the case, right? Yeah. That got voted down, which is a win for abortion rights. And then the Kentucky Attorney General came out and said, that doesn't matter. The court should say... <laughs> Say anyway that there is no provision in the Constitution that protects abortion rights. And he, they, he said he said the court should interpret the Constitution as it was originally meant. Yes, to say yes. this, and it's like you're you're telling them what to do. Isn't this coaching? It's like no coaching. All this talk about how states should decide what happens with abortion rights apparently meant nothing. It but, didn't mean that yeah, the people because, get to decide. No, because the states should decide, yeah. not the people it, of the states. All this talk about states' rights should a state's right to choose. <laughs> it was all about not people deciding, not the people of the state getting make getting to make the political decision yeah. with the people the republicans that run the state being able to decide for everybody else that's all it was yeah uh which is um really stupid really, really stupid not I, good do not fuck with it no not nah. at, not at all uh moving on to nebraska though nebraska voted to increase their minimum wage to uh that's 15 an hour and nevada raised their minimum wage only to 12 dollars. oh well but still a dub still an increase in pay and we like Absolutely. to see that because isn't nebraska pretty red anyway um, I don't know. I don't. I, don't I, so. I know nothing about Nebraska. I, I I'm so. talking out of my ass right now. Flyover state. I'm. Um, I'm just. They assuming. do the weird thing for the electoral college. Oh, they split it. Yeah, they split their votes in the electoral Ew. college based on how your house district votes. I think. Oh. Yeah, and wow. I think there's four electoral votes up there, and they they split it. It's kind of weird. Um, but in uh, in Missouri and Maryland, they both voted to legalize marijuana. We had a dance on that uh, on the stream. We had a dance about that. That was a good time. Oh, thanks. thanks. In North and South Dakota, they voted no to marijuana legalization. So that's not great. Yeah, that's that's kind of an two L. dubs, two L's. Uh, and then, of course, in Ohio, as we mentioned, they said that only citizens can vote. Arizona had some ballot measures. Did, did you want to talk about yeah. those? A- Arizona had some ballot measures that I, I think were really interesting. Right. So the first one was, quote, to limit ballot measures to only one subject stated in the title, which I, I think is like weird. One, because like the point of a ballot measure, a ballot measure is the most direct democracy that we have. It's the it most is the yeah. only form of direct democracy uh-huh. that we have in the country because we live in a republic, not a democracy. Right. The only yeah. two ways to make a law in your state are to one, have the state legislature do the stupid corny shit yeah. to do everything or to have citizens just say, I want this to be a law, uh-huh. which is great. Right. Yeah. And, this, and in a lot of states, by the way, you can either you can either have like a petition to change your state constitution, which is yeah. very powerful. An amendment is always going to supersede what the legislature can do. Mm-hmm. Or in some states, I don't know if this is the case in all of them, in some states for lower requirements, like lower signature requirements, you can have uh, put up like a um, 
some kind of referendum to force the legislature to consider it. Dope. Which is cool, but if you have a legislature that like hates voting rights or hates abortion rights, then it's not going to do bad. much. You have to go with the other one. But anyway, direct democracy. Yeah, exactly. It's direct democracy. So any any ballot measure to restrict a ballot measure is just restricting your yeah. democracy. Yeah, it's restricting how much democracy you have in your state, and that's pretty much essentially what these two ballot measures are doing. The first one that I just said, limit ballot measures to only one subject stated in the title, got approved, and it basically says if any provision in the text of the ballot measure isn't included in the title it's considered void it's I, like who determines that yeah who, who, it's it's kind of corny yeah. like it's kind of stupid because you think it's not a big deal but then i look at proposal three in michigan yeah it was only two paragraphs not too long not yeah. too confusing yeah. like the gop said it was and it, it protected a lot of things what are you going to say oh the title of this ballot measure is oh yeah michigan right to reproductive freedom we are enshrining abortion like you're just gonna have really long titles now uh-huh. if you can have long it's, titles it's either you're gonna have super long titles or super vague titles that attempt to cover everything that's in the like uh the ballot referendum yeah because if it's like if we if we apply this to the abortion one for Prop 3 in Michigan, then, yeah, your title would have to be either very complicated or super duper vague. Yeah. Uh, because uh, reproductive health is a lot of things, right? They talked about sterilization. Oh, yeah. They talked about, like, fertility treatment. They talked about abortion and a bunch of other stuff, contraception, everything else. Like, you're, you're artificially limiting a ballot measure. For no for reason, no really. For no reason at all. And my like, question is, like, is this a problem? <laughs> like, literally. Is, is in something? Arizona, are they running with, like, three-page ballot measures? <laughs> right. Like, like, what, what are y'all doing out there? Yeah. Jen, what are you doing yeah, out exactly. there? Yeah, exactly. Explain yourself right now. In fact, there was another ballot measure, though, that I thought was particularly egregious. <laughs> Arizona said... Um, this one rightfully got voted down that this one was to allow the state legislature, quote, allow the state legislature to amend, supersede or divert funds from voter approved ballot initiatives. If any portion of that initiative is unconstitutional or illegal. That's now, crazy. hear me out. Hear me out. If a ballot measure gets approved and it's unconstitutional or illegal, that's it's non-controversial to say that, OK, it wasn't ever going to go through anyway. Right. That's fine. That's how these things work. Yeah. Like I don't expect There's like guardrails. I don't rules. expect a ballot measure to just change the national constitution. Right. I, like I, that's not something anyone expects. Uh-huh. But to vote this in is to say that, okay, if there's anything in these ballot measures that's unconstitutional, that the state legislature, who isn't involved in the direct democracy at all, who isn't involved in what these citizens uh-huh. want, only in like the most the most vague, detached way possible, right, right. can go in and take all the money that was for it. That's they crazy can go in and just change it and and turn it into something that it never was supposed to be in the first place. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. That's or nuts. Even just like putting the divert funds thing uh, aside, because like millions of dollars are spent on getting ballot proposals approved or rejected. Yeah. Putting that aside entirely, being able to just change it after h- however many hundreds of thousands of people have approved it and said they wanted it on the uh, on the ballot in November. That's and, weird. And it's not. It's not. Oh, this gets sent back to the organization that made the ballot measure in the first place so that they can amend it uh-huh. and fix what's constitutionally wrong with it. It's the state legislature just gets right. to take it now. Right. What? And it's like, so if you have a red legislature and you put up a ballot measure that's like, you know, protect the right to abortion. $15 minimum wage. or fifty, Yeah, they could just change it and be like, well, maybe uh, not. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> you get five, actually. <laughs> We're lowering the minimum wage with your ballot proposal. Yeah, it's just, it's like a, it's like unchallenged power. Like, you can't do anything about that. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, like it's, it's just dumb. I, I'm going to guess that this was put up probably by the state legislature to be voted on. Because state legislatures can put up ballot referendums for you that it, mm-hmm. to then vote on. It doesn't always have to be citizens. But if it was a citizen group that did this fuck off that's bitchless behavior what, what are you like a heritage foundation guy that's what i was are you say. a part of the federalist society I had to have been backed by that <laughs> exactly that is like that's crazy to me 
That's crazy to me. Insane. Uh, but Insane. That, I think that wraps up our state-by-state state, uh, analysis. Those, those are the big races. We got to talk about nationwide trends, though. So, as we mentioned, Democrats were able to hang on to the Senate. They currently have 50 seats because of Catherine Cortez Masto winning mm-hmm. in Nevada. And also they have um, the presidency, which means, you know, the vice president's able to break ties. So yeah. we're back at 50-50 right now. There will be a 51-seat lead if uh, they're able to hang on to Georgia. Though. Literally a ratio. So they, Yeah, no, an actual ratio. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's interesting. And I want to talk about nationwide trends because the electorate was R plus four. Meaning that generally around the country, Republicans were favored by about four points based on turnout data. And the fact that Democrats did so well shows how bad the Republican Party was splintered on a lot of controversial candidates. Shows how bad that their candidates were and shows how bad they fumbled the bag going so hard against abortion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And now you may be asking, okay, we've gone over why Republicans suck, Mm -hmm. right? But why did Democrats perform so well? And I have a couple of points here. I have a few things to bring up. Let's get into it. First thing is that while the national and global economy certainly matter, right? The the economic environment definitely matters for a um, an election, and we thought that was going to be so bad that Democrats were going to get washed. A lot of Democrats, I think, were able to atomize themselves in such a way that it became a candidate to candidate comparison, like John Fetterman versus Dr. Mm-hmm. Oz, rather than a generic Democrat that is backed by Joe Biden versus Dr. Oz. Yeah, because if they had allowed Joe Biden to come in. And functionally be the placeholder for that Democrat, regardless of who the candidate is, it would have been a lot worse because Joe Biden has a dog shit approval rating. I, th- I think that's somewhat like what we saw, too, because yeah. like uh, traditional like Democrats that were running like Mark Kelly and um, I keep forgetting her name in Nevada just because I didn't. Catherine really pay- Cortez Masto. Catherine yeah, Cortez yeah. Masto. They're just traditional Democrats like yeah. they. But people like Fetterman are like Fetterman himself was successfully able to kind of divorce himself uh-huh. from the Democratic yeah. Party and run as John Fetterman. And he had to. And he won the big. Yeah. Like he won the biggest out of all these people. And and he he had to do that. And I think a lot of Democrats like Gretchen Whitmer as well. They had to yeah. individualize themselves in a way that got them away from Joe Biden, because if it was a, a Joe Biden versus uh, a Republican, yeah. then it would have made it really easy for the Republican to just say, this is Joe Biden's handpicked candidate. Yeah. And they're really bad. And they still tried to do that. Right. Oh, they still tried to compare yeah. people like Gretchen Whitmer, people like John Fetterman, people like Mark Kelly to Joe Biden. A common mantra I saw was saying, like, insert candidate name. Biden administration, right? Like they'd be like the Fetterman Biden policies or the uh, the Mark Kelly Biden policies. Yeah. They tried to connect him with Joe Biden. They they really tried to connect these candidates with Joe Biden, but it didn't work because a lot of these Democratic candidates were able to step away far enough and focus enough on isolated issues within their state that Republicans just couldn't run like that. Yeah, and we also saw that with Donald Trump, by the way, right? Like oh, we try sure. to we try to draw direct comparisons, or we have tried to in the past draw direct comparisons between people like Dr. Oz and Donald Trump, or uh, most notably, most egregiously in the Virginia race, right? Glenn Trumpkin. And Glenn that does Trumpkin. not work. Oh, it yeah. And work. we see it because we moved away from that now. Yeah. And we fucking want we narrowly run in a lot of states where these Democrats were very yeah. Democrat, yeah. like Mark Kelly. He won by what? Two points. Yeah. Well, no, no, I like think that. it was like five percent. Oh, did Mark Kelly well. did win pretty big. Yeah. I expected that. Anyway, the governor's though. race is closer. But yeah. Cost. Cortez. Cortez Masto. Cortez won by less than one percent. There uh-huh. were a couple other races. Uh-huh. Ron Johnson barely won by eight percent with Mandela Barnes. Yeah. Like these were close races. And it's because we didn't run on. Oh, we're not Trump. Exactly. We actually ran on policy. We didn't run on Dr. Oz is literally Donald Trump or Ron Johnson is literally Donald Trump. We ran on, again, policies and individualizing the candidates. And the Republican candidates often tried to do that. They are literally Joe Biden. Yeah. And we've learned that you can't just call someone Joe Biden or you can't just call someone Donald Trump and expect to win. It doesn't work. Yeah, Both of them are pretty awful. Very low approval ratings. But you you can't just run a campaign like that. You You can't expect to to yourself. Exactly. Um, Also, as we mentioned before, candidate quality obviously matters. And in states like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, 
Michigan and I guess now Nevada, we saw that play out. Mm-hmm. You can't just run the most insane person you find. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work like that. And also, again, as Gage mentioned before, abortion was a huge issue. Um, I think probably one of the biggest. I haven't seen exit poll data on that. And exit polls are often unreliable. It so don't necessarily has to be. Like, there, there is but, no way you can convince me that abortion is not what won Democrats this race. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no way abortion. You, you could huge. you could show me data that is counter to that, and I will not believe you. When it's like, did you see? You know Nick Fuentes, right? Of course. Yeah, and did you see his clip saying like, yeah, everyone likes or like a lot of people like abortion. It's popular. Yeah, he was functionally saying on his show, and he's a like a Nazi by the he's way. He's literally literally a Nazi. Like, like he's like not even mask off. Like there's no mask to hide his Nazi. Yeah, he. I think he's like but, proud about being a Nazi. Yeah. But anyway, he, he was functionally saying like abortion is popular. We know abortion is popular in the United States. It's because it's a godless country, and we need a dictatorship. That was basically his argument. <laughs> Like he was, he was saying that like abortion is popular and in that regard, he's right. Abortion is popular Super and that's because popular, people like having fact. freedom. People like having control over their own bodies. And, uh, and, and that's evident in the polls. You can't take away rights from 40, 50% of the population and yeah. expect them to not be angry about it. And my last point here is young voters, young voters oh. turned out almost as big as they did in 2018. Uh, Which is they, crazy for a midterm year. Yeah, and they well, 2018 was also a midterm year. I think it was oh, around 30. Oh, my bad. I thought yeah. you meant 2020. I think it was about 30 percent turnout in 2018, and it was about 27 percent this time around, which mm-hmm. is really bad, by the way, because yeah. it's you know only a quarter or a third of uh, <laughs> actually youth voters that could turn out, but they still did turn out pretty big. Um, people in our age bracket, which is like I think people usually say like 18 to 29 or 18 yeah. to 27, something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, youth voters played a big role. Um, I want to see more young people vote. I think it's really important, but um, I guess, you know, whatever. I guess whatever. good enough, right? Good, good enough. And, and I, I think it helped, especially in states like Michigan, where young people were turning out and voting very strongly in favor of the Democrats. That's right. I voted hard. Yeah. I voted hard. I took my sticker and I was proud. Now, of course, Democrats needed 52 votes in the Senate in order to break the filibuster and pass protections for abortion gay marriage, mm-hmm. contraception, other things that are at the front of the mind right now, and they were not able to do that because Sorry. we lost Wisconsin and Ohio. Uh, we needed one of those. We couldn't get either of those. Actually, that's uh, and, it just, and, of course, you know, state in a state like Florida as well, we could have won that one, but that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So um, we didn't get 52. We can't break the filibuster unless we get one of them, Joe Manchin or Kirsten Sinema, to change their mind, along with getting Warnock elected. Um, yeah. So we'll see if that actually happens. Uh, or unless but. somebody fucking dies. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's yeah. a special, like, you know how that goes. But. We do got to talk about one thing we haven't talked about yet. That's Donald Trump. Big daddy. We got to talk about we got to talk about the orange man because there's a lot of talk about how Donald Trump fumbled the election for Republicans. Orange man good for me right now. Yeah. There, there's a lot of talk about how Trump fumbled the election for the Republican Party. Republicans are upset about it. And a lot of Republicans, the media types, at least the establishment yeah. types, want to move away from Donald Trump now. I thought that it's it's crazy. Which, by the way. Predicted this, by the way. What can I say? Predicted this on the show. And I also want to mention, before we even get into this, we directly predicted that Donald Trump was going to say, if I win, it's because of me. If they lose, it's because of them. We said, we called it. Like the the special announcement in what, two days? Is that on Tuesday, November 15th? Oh, yeah. He's doing his special announcement. I'm so sad that comes out before the show airs. I know. We'll talk about it next week, but I'm so excited for that. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to see what he has to say about the midterms. He's going to, he's going to play the victim. He's going to talk about Ron DeSantimonium for sure. Because he's already been turning on Ron DeSantis. Yeah. And I thought like, I, we noticed on election night as we were watching the COVID daily wire guys are splitting from Donald Trump. Yeah. All the daily wire guys started to talk shit about how maybe he's not the best for the party. And that's the crazy one. Fox news is splitting from him. And I think you're going to see a fraction between daily wire, Fox news. Um, there's already been the corny heritage foundation guys, but nobody cares about them. And your Steven Crowder types and your newsman. Max, Alex Jones, OAN. 
yeah. type people who are ride or die for Trump, like no matter what, because they're too stupid to understand I mean, what's yeah, going on. You have uh, Kari Lake, who again is running for governor in Arizona. That race hasn't been decided yet. You have her saying like, "There's a difference between Trump back candidate and like Republican establishment people." Yeah, she is still ride or die for Trump, and oh, you yeah. are going to see real division within the Republican Party between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. And the question now is, can they rectify that? Can they reconcile that before 2024 comes around? Otherwise, because if they can't, it's going to be a shit show for them. No, that that'll be insane. They if Ron DeSantis the last thing they Trump want are fighting Donald for Trump, the primary. Yeah, the last thing they want is Donald Trump tearing Ron DeSantis apart. Because that um, primary shit starts like soon, doesn't it? Uh, probably in 2023, towards the end of 2023. And oh, that's right, that's yeah. right. It'll be like towards the end. We got like a year. But like Donald Trump might. I mean, people are going to announce before that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, so we'll get news on that. But like the thing right now, and there's a bunch of things that we can consider within Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump. But Donald Trump, he does not give a fuck, right? Mm -hmm. He is going to attack Ron DeSantis. He's going to attack any Republican type that comes out against them because he is the guy that energized the Republican base. Yeah. And he still has the Republican base energized. And the question is, can Ron DeSantis do the same? And can he pull them away from Donald Trump? And I don't know the answer to that. And like, I think it's no. If you if you asked me, if you asked me four weeks ago or three weeks, three, two weeks ago, even I've said on this pod that I think Trump takes it no matter what against DeSantis. Mm -hmm. But as we move further and further through this, as we move through the midterms, I think DeSantis's chance keep growing, but I still don't think he can do it. Yeah. And I think if DeSantis did win a party nomination, I think the Democrats would win. Yeah. Like just win the presidency no matter what, because yeah. I, I don't think Trump, the big thing about Trump was he galvanized so many people who didn't vote before right. to go vote. Trump drove historic voter turnout. Yeah. I don't think Ron DeSantis can do that without Trump's backing and without backing from media figures like Steven Crowder. Like, he has a huge fucking well, he, audience. He drove historic voter turnout for the Republicans. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. While depressing Democratic turnout, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Because people thought, like, oh, yeah, there's no way he wins. Exactly. There's no way this guy wins. Hillary's got it in the bag. And and let he me explain. Not. I'll explain real quick why Ron DeSantis is even being, like, considered, right? Yeah. So Ron DeSantis, he wins big by about 20% in Florida, right? That's already good signs for mm -hmm. uh, a presidential, a potential presidential candidate. He's very clear and concise and efficient with his messaging. And right now, a lot of media-type Republicans can see that Republicans got fucking washed in 2022. Yeah. It was supposed to be big wins. Again, people were projecting a 60 a 60 seat lead in the House, uh, a five seat, six seat lead in the Senate. They didn't get either of those things. They won't get either of those things. Insane. And, Literally cannot get those and, things. And, and they're afraid right now. So they want somebody that's going to be strong for 2024 that can lead the party and taking back some amount of power or possibly uh, get a trifecta in the yeah. in the national legislature and in the presidency. And they think that DeSantis, because he's a lot more disciplined than Donald Trump, mm -hmm. and he won big in Florida, could be that guy. And because DeSantis believes all the same things as Donald Trump, it, it, isn't, it isn't seen by them as much of a departure from what Trump was as a candidate. Ron DeSantis is just able to dress it up more in intelligentsia yeah. while being disciplined and, not, and being able to stay on message a lot more than Donald Trump was able to. Oh, yeah. They see him as a viable alternative to Donald Trump, but it's unclear if Trump is ever going to let that happen. Mm -hmm. And I would bet that Trump won't just roll over and give it to him. Trump absolutely won't roll over and give it to him. And I think I think it just it showcases the split between like yeah. obviously obviously the people on Fox News are the fucking elites that they talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make millions of dollars to talk about the fucking news every day. Uh -huh. My dream. <laughs> <laughs> it would be easier. Okay, look. I'm trying to get like that. It would be easy for us to switch up and do the grift. So just know you all should be grateful for Thanks. us. They are like the bicoastal elites they shit on yeah, all the fucking time. Yeah. Jesse Waters, Tucker Carlson, the heir to a billionaire fortune, heir to the Swanson TV dinner fortune. Yeah. Right? They, they are not working class Americans like, like you and me, yeah. unironically. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? And I think it just goes to show how detached they are from the actual Republican electorate who yeah. still is just infatuated with Trump. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, this is this is a very delicate situation for the Republicans 
and they're going to have to somehow thread this needle between the division the division within the party and yeah. externally between Ron DeSantis supporters and Donald Trump supporters because my guess is that most of the base is going to vote for Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis. For sure. But right now, the establishment is making the calculation that Donald Trump is still an unknown quantity. Mm-hmm. He's very unstable. He's losing us elections, at least in their view. They think he's losing yeah. us elections because Dr. Oz lost, Blake Masters lost, other, you know, Tudor Dixon, other crazy uh, Republican handpicked, Republicans handpicked by Trump lost their elections. So they're making the calculation that unless we shift away from Donald Trump, we're going to keep losing elections. Yeah. But how do you pull your base away from Donald Trump? How do you even pull the establishment away from Donald Trump when half of them still support him unambiguously without being deterred by anybody, even if they like Ron DeSantis? It's like the the big wigs in the Republican Party never wanted Trump to win anyway. Yeah. McConnell did not want Trump to win. They're just all grifters, and they just all went along with it. And then we talked about this a couple weeks ago. You see the newer people in the Republican Uh Party. You see your Marjorie Taylor Greens, your Lauren Bobarts, your um, uh, what's his name, Uh, went to Auschwitz for fun. Oh, um, uh, Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn. You you see them coming out, and they're a ride and die for Trump because they're younger. Yeah. And that's like Madison Cawthorn being the youngest member of Congress. That's all he fucking knew yeah. was Trump. Yeah. And they're ride or die for this guy. Uh-huh. They do not like the establishment GOP. And what I'm thinking is I, I think that they might end up fighting like Democrats fight. Yeah, maybe. Like, I think there might be conservative infighting because their only strength was that they were pretty much united. Yeah. It, it was all the wasps, and they were all in there with this one goal of just getting conservative power. Well, yeah, and it's like Donald Trump is the reason that the Republican Party even had a chance at all in 2016. Yeah. And he's the reason the Republican Party is even still relevant at this point. Because, again, he was the guy that energized the base. Following people like Mitt Romney, following uh, John McCain that tried to run against Barack Obama yeah. in 2008, Republicans were not doing well. No. And they were afraid nationally that they were going to lose again and donald trump came in and they resisted him at first in 2016 he won the primary and they coalesced behind him and that hadn't changed until now they are departing from donald trump because the establishment types as crazy as they are as much as they flatly just lie to you to your face Mm -hmm. they're intelligent and they know what they're doing and they know what's coming for them if they don't get away from trump but the question is can they actually pull that off without donald trump blowing up the entire project we call ben shapiro a dumb motherfucker all the time yes because he is for the positions that he supports Uh right but when it comes to conservative strategy i do think that ben shapiro is the smartest one out of all the media guys especially with the way he's been calling it for like he doesn't like donald trump he he is the typical establishment conservative yeah yeah, yeah. he's not a stephen crowder stephen crowder is genuinely fucking stupid oh yeah right like, at least Ben Shapiro went to Harvard Law. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Crowder got a creative arts degree and then goes on to shit on creative arts degree and yeah. shit on people in the arts despite having been a voice actor on Arthur. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> My thing, though, is like a lot of people, a lot of Republicans have tried to do the Trump thing, right? Yeah. And to be someone that is going to rip power away from the people, right? Overturn elections, that kind of thing. You got to be smart. And you got to have the charisma to do it to convince people on a national scale that this is what they want, right? Uh Donald Trump has the latter. He doesn't have the smarts. And a lot of Republicans know that. There are some Republicans like Mitch McConnell types, people that slowly have been dismantling democratic norms throughout the last few decades uh, that just don't have the charisma, but they have the smarts to do it. They need someone that has both. And they see Ron DeSantis as the guy who has enough charisma and enough smarts to stay on message and blow the whole democratic project up for everybody and ruin it for everyone. all the electoral momentum that he has? Yeah. Because what was I think we talked about it on the live stream. He only won Florida by 1% in 2016, in 20, right? In 2018. 2018. He had yeah. only won Florida by 1%. Florida was previously considered like a purple state. It could go either way. Yeah. And yeah. now it is deep, deep, deep red. The reddest state in the country right now. And I don't know. He Obviously, Trump's on Truth Social now, so you can't see what he's saying. Yeah. But on Truth Social, he was saying like Ron DeSantis was only governor in 2018 because I helped him. 
Yeah. That's what he was saying on True Social. He's claiming victory for that, and he's also dunking on Ron DeSantis, saying he and came, he was begging me for help. If, he was going to lose otherwise. If it did become a Ron DeSantis, th- Ron, Ron versus Trump thing, yeah. and Fox News turned on Trump in support of DeSantis, Trump would take the party down with him. Yes. Because you go back to 2016, and you see who is running against Trump in the primaries, and you think, there's no way Ben Carson, as shitty, yeah. as, shitty as Hillary Clinton was, Ted Cruz was not going to beat her. Ben Carson absolutely was not yeah. going to beat her. J.D. Vance wouldn't have beat her. Mm-hmm. And any of the other shitty candidates that I can't even fucking remember were not going to do anything. Because right. there's no charisma in the Republican Party. Exactly. Except for, like, I guess Ron DeSantis and Trump. Yeah, right. They have a few guys that are charismatic. But it's like, there's been other Republicans that try to do the Trump thing, right? Yeah. Ted Cruz is one of those guys <laughs> that has tried to mimic, desperately tried to mimic what Donald Trump does. His mannerisms, how he acts, how he responds to things. But he can't pull it off. And my prediction is that Ron DeSantis can't either. He's doing well no. in Florida because Florida has been trending red for a while now. He's doing well in Florida just uh, based on uh, demographic or not demographics, but Demographic just based shift. on um, just like trends in general, political trends yeah. that have trended in his favor in the Republicans' fl- favor in the South. But I don't think he can do it on a nationwide scale, a nationwide scale, especially while if Trump gets rejected by the establishment, he will be playing spoiler. Mm-hmm. Trump doesn't roll over and take this. Oh, no, 100%. He'll, he'll burn the whole ship down with him. Uh-huh. He does not care. And that's why I'm saying Trump is a grifter, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Trump, come over to the left. Come over to the progressive left. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? He that- runs on economic populism. Right. The thing is that the uh, the Republican media establishment will try to move away from him. They already are, right? It's yeah. kind of too soon to predict anything for 2024. But if things... They're holding their cards close to their chest. If things stay constant, the Republican establishment, the conservative media establishment, will try to pull the electorate away from Donald Trump. But that's probably just going to embolden him. Yeah. And it's going to make him push even harder against people that he will label rhinos or traitors or, you know, whatever, right? Pick the word that he's going to come up with for that. And ironically, Trump may be the one to splinter the Republican Party enough to save us from Republican rule in 2024. Ironically, Absolutely. Trump might save democracy. It's not it's, on purpose, but he might do it. either that or Trump splintering from the Republican Party is the only feasible situation in my mind where a third party can actually, like, rise up mm. within the American electorate. A third party can, it'll be the first time that a third party maybe has a chance at winning a presidency, any other things since like Al Gore. Maybe. Since Al Gore legitimately had his election stolen from him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> In Florida, mind you. And it's just like, I think, I think the best case scenario would be Donald Trump, right, tries to run a third party with Ron DeSantis on the ticket for presidency in 2024. Yeah. I don't think he'll do that. But if that did happen, that's uh, the Democrats win that because Ron DeSantis will lose majorities uh, or even pluralities in like every state that he's running in because uh-huh. people will be voting for Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. I don't think that will happen, but that's best case scenario for the Democrats. Absolutely. The smartest and most strategic move that Republicans could pull to stabilize the situation is have a Trump DeSantis ticket, right? That would Combined be an forces. insane ticket. If they had Trump uh, at the top slot presidency and Ron DeSantis as vice president, you can't do it the other way because Trump will not be vice president. No, never. He needs to be the guy in charge in order for his ego to, to function with without destroying everything. But the question is, is Donald Trump, can he Set remain... Set his ego aside. Right. Can he maintain stability long enough for Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump to be the ticket, right? DeSantis is vice president, Donald Trump is the presidency. I don't think he can, because mm-hmm. he tried to kill Mike Pence for not going <laughs> along with the, with the 2020 election uh, theft. 
He tried, he tried to, to kill, kill him. Mike Pence. And Ron and DeSantis has much more of an ego than Mike Pence ever had. We've been predicting that Trump has lost his touch for a while now. Like we, we when we first covered like the PA debate, wasn't it that yeah. he he refused to endorse anybody until like polls were clear on who's going to yeah, win? Yeah, exactly. Like he was doing that kind of shit throughout the entire election cycle. Like he 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 <laughs> isn't really making these people. And it's yeah. been clear since the start that he's really just hopping on all the bandwagons. Yeah, he's not the kingmaker that he wants to be. No. And Republican media types know this. And Except they for Stephen Crowder. Well, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some that dumb. still side with Donald Trump, and that will cause major division. And yeah. the Republican media establishment is like, some not all of them are going to go along with the Ron DeSantis thing, and that's mm-hmm. going to cause a lot of conflict for them, and that's going to be very bad for them because again, their one strength is being able everybody at once being able to stay on message. Yeah, very very disciplined in that way. And if they lose control of the narrative, they lose control of 2024. And if they splinter in that way. It's going to be a problem for them. And I don't really know how they reconcile Donald Trump versus Ron DeSantis because Donald Trump's not going to roll over. Donald Trump has absolutely nothing to lose by tossing the or, or trashing the fuck out of Ron DeSantis. Yeah. And he will, and he already has started. Ron DeSantis, on the other hand, can't trash Donald Trump. Otherwise, what is what has the past six years been about? Yeah, if not trying to make America loses, great again. He loses nothing. Exactly. Like he has no mo- Because he runs on make America great again. Uh-huh. He runs on all the Trump rhetoric. He just echoes all of Trump's rhetoric. Right, it's the same. It's insane. It's insane. But also, I... I I don't I don't really see a world where we can win if there is a Trump DeSantis ticket like do not run Joe Biden and Kamala Harris again. Yeah, that, that is the other piece of the puzzle is that as bad as the Republican Party is is, is bad of shape as they might be in right now. It does partially depend on who we put up for 2024. And right now, nationally, according to my view, there's not very many good options. Like right? Nationally, what is it? Gretchen Whitmer? Right. She, she's the only one with the most, which I'd be fine with. Right. Like, I think that that would be better than Joe Biden. Right. Uh, unironically, because it's kind of hard. The bars in hell. I mean, my prediction is that they're going to try to get Joe Biden to run again. Um, I, I think I based on not. based on 2020 midterm or 2022 midterm results, I, my guess would be that they try to pump Joe Biden up with enough adrenochrome to, to get it him out there. It would be so fucking Trump. foolish to think that that's because of Joe Biden or anything that Joe Biden's done. Well, but but that's what they, they've already said that, basically. They're they've fu- they've they, already yeah. said that, like, they won not because of issues like abortion or gay marriage or other things that are front of the mind. Not They didn't win because Republican candidates were terrible. They won because the Democrats were good at campaigning. That's what they think. It's like you... And they think that, I mean, they might be I able hate the DNC. to replicate it in places like Pennsylvania because John Fetterman, his campaign clearly had the formula to win in that state. Yeah. And they, John Fetterman's a personality who right. separated himself from the Democrats, and that's why he won huge. Exactly. They might be able to try and replicate that in some areas throughout the country, but I'm not confident they can do it with Joe Biden. No. And I don't know. It just it, the Democrats don't really have a good candidate to put up. And I also don't think the Republican Party can maintain a Donald Trump Ron DeSantis ticket. I don't think it's possible. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that there are so many interesting things that are going to happen by the time we cover all this in 2024. Yeah. And I, well, I, and I think Donald Trump views Ron DeSantis as a possible threat politically. Yeah. Like because Ron DeSantis has gotten a lot of attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump needs the attention to be on him. I cannot imagine a world where Donald Trump's vice president is getting more attention than Donald Trump. That implodes immediately. Oh, yeah. That maybe it works on the campaign trail. Fuck, maybe it even delivers them power. But is that stable long enough to, like, run the country? I don't think so. And I, I just, I don't see them hanging on to that. The smartest move they have is to try to combine forces. Yeah. But we'll see if they can actually end up doing that. It's like, we, we've given a lot of praise to Democrats this episode, right? Just for winning, because I like power. And I like it when bad people aren't in power. Yeah, power is good when we use it. I, I'm a traditional American. 
I don't like Nazis. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. However, we will be back to shitting on Democrats. Oh, yeah. Because they, they as of now, like, they don't have anyone to run in 24. Yeah. They, they don't, the future is not looking good, especially when we just narrowly were able to squeeze this out. And if the DNC can't realize why we were able to squeeze this out, and two fucking podcasters can. Right. You got me fucked up. And it's like, yeah, a lot of this depends on a lot of 2024 depends on if Democrats are actually able to get anything done over the next two years. Right. Yeah. Because we talk a lot about how people feel comfort in strong men, authoritarians like Donald Trump, because their material conditions are not being resolved and are basically being ignored mm -hmm. by typical center left and center right Republic or center left and center right um, politicians. Right. Yeah. And that complete neglect leaves a lot of people feeling isolated which is why populist messages work mm -hmm. for someone like Don Fetterman. It's genuine, right? He actually wants to raise the minimum wage. He actually wants to fix deindustrialization. He actually wants to do things like a child tax credit list, all of his policy platforms Yeah. for someone like Donald Trump. He's lying. And without an actual candidate oh, yeah. to combat those lies and offer real genuine solutions, a Donald Trump wins again. And that's yeah. what I really fear for is that we might have saved democracy, but only for two years. It's like your corny liberals, your your center left Democrats, when they are faced with an issue from their electorate, they'll say, well, we've developed a new bureaucratic institution that you can submit this form to. And I promise your concerns will be heard. Yeah. Right. And yeah. while that may be true, when someone like Trump comes along and just vindicates all of the bad things that you've been feeling mm -hmm. and then can force it onto a tangible minority who really had nothing to do with anything uh -huh. like litter boxes in schools. Right. That sometimes that are just lies. Right. Like litter boxes in schools. You feel vindicated and it's a lot easier to fall for Trump. Well, and the thing is, like, the really sad thing is that 30 percent of what Donald Trump says or points to for the source of your problems is the truth. Yeah. Right. Like he points out real economic frustrations that people are having, people feeling like they can't make ends meet, people feeling like their politicians don't care about them, like all the people with all the wealth don't care about them. His solutions are wildly off. The source of the problem is wildly off. You know, he blames brown people, immigrants, uh, Muslims, enter whatever minority mm -hmm. group, marginalized group he's blaming it on today. But at least he points out how people are actually feeling. Yeah. Democrats don't do that at all. Never. At least a lot of Democrats don't. Some are coming around to it, right? Some like John Fetterman are kind of getting there. People like Bernie Sanders have always been on message. Mm -hmm. But the Republican or the Democratic Party in general doesn't point to the real source of people's problems, doesn't even acknowledge people's real problems sometimes. Yeah. And that alienates people. And that's not a winning message. And we know that. We know that. And uh, they have to reorient for 2024. Right now it's a victory, but I worry that victory is going to be short-lived. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure. It, it'll be it'll be an interesting two years. Yeah. That's for, for sure. sure. Especially once presidential primary season kicks up early, uh, late 23, yeah. early 24. It'll be really interesting to see how Democrats respond to this division that's going to probably last until 2024 between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Because there's a real opportunity there. Uh, if not economically to, like, pass things, then politically there's an opportunity to, to find issues that unite the party but separate the Republican Party, right? And it's a huge risk-reward, right? Yeah. Because they're risking a lot if they are trying to move away from Trump, but the reward is crazy because yeah. you get the smart guys with charisma that can actually strategize uh -huh. to take away your rights more effectively, exactly. like DeSantis. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But before we move on, I do want to point out a couple of things. So Republicans, again, lost big in this election, yeah. and they're— primarily blaming two things first thing is mail-in ballots <laughs> love that <laughs> there there's republicans that are on twitter in the mainstream media just openly calling for abolishing mail-in ballots <laughs> which is crazy to me their voters use mail-in ballots mm -hmm. democratic voters use mail-in ballots they may mail-in ballots may disproportionately lean towards democrats but that is entirely their fault for saying that mail-in ballots are fraudulent oh, to yeah. not use mail-in ballots and it's also crazy like 
it's not even that strong of a talking point this year. No. We did not see huge, like, massive swings once the Malin ballots got counted a couple uh-huh. days later. Uh-huh. It was tight races that were separated by a percent, maybe flipping by a couple points. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You didn't see massive swings at 4 a.m. like we saw in 2020 because there was a fucking pandemic uh-huh. and people didn't want to be exposed to a virus that was killing people. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing that, like, we don't have it in the show notes, but I, I honest to God, think that a big reason that we won big is because conservatives died oh fuck you think that's the explanatory variable unironically that's there crazy. are deep red counties like deep red counties where people lost thousands of people died and yeah. these races are separated by thousands of votes a that's couple true. thousands of vote yet we saw what a 9-11 every day yeah and hey, for a couple of months and an over weeks. an overwhelming majority were conservative people once the vaccine came out once yeah. they stopped taking the vaccine as awful as that is as horrible as it is like I don't want people like, regular not. fucking people to die not. I don't want regular fucking conservatives to die right people in power redacted you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I need I need them to suffer I, I need certain things to happen to people in power that are doing bad things <laughs> but your regular regular conservative no absolutely do not deserve to die they deserve to live and they deserve to live a happy life especially if they're being tricked by people that should know better exactly. or that do know better it, by doctors like Dr. Robert Malone that are fucking you Using their medical license mm-hmm. just in the most vile and evil way to fucking trick these people yeah. to line their own pockets. Like the the conservatives in these rural counties that are refusing to take the vaccine and are unfortunately yeah. dying. I, I do think there was a large enough demographic that passed away, unfortunately, to sort of sway this in to the Democrats. I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a trend that you can't necessarily ignore. I didn't I, think I don't, about it. But I yeah. don't think you can when races if when House races are separated by hundreds of votes. Uh huh. And you have thousands of people dying in these counties and across the country, a 9-11 every day. Yeah. I don't think you can deny that COVID That's played a crazy. huge factor. Yeah. I mean, and it's people like Tucker Carlson that are saying like the vaccine might be bad for you. Literally a couple days ago saying that getting boosted may be bad for you. Yeah. When he himself has gotten all of his vaccinations. He had to. He himself is the elite that he complains about. Yeah. And he's out here killing his own voters, killing the people that vote for the party that he says needs to be in control. It's like it's like what what is the strategy? Like that's the Trump Republic that's the Trump Republican Party. What is the strategy if your if your strategy is to kill voters for yeah. short term gains when it comes to culture war messaging? That's crazy, man. That's what, and I think that points to the that's thing a hot we're going to talk. That's a hot hot take, I'm and I'm, that I'm on here TikTok for it for sure. I'm 100 standing by that take. <laughs> I, I will stand by that till the day that I die, and <laughs> really? I pass and it's not going to be by COVID because I'm vaccinated. Not. That's right, baby. Well, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, anyway, that kind of segues me into the next point that we we're going to talk about, which is like young people, right? Yeah. Conservatives are blaming just young people existing in general. Mm-hmm. I've even seen takes where like, hey, we need to raise the voting age, which yeah. is like, that's stupid and corny. And you're wrong because if you raise the voting age, the people who are going to vote, they're just going to age up anyway. Yeah. And that's my fundamental issue here is I'm going to continue to age. I cannot stop the endless march of time. <laughs> Real. <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to get a little older uh-huh. and conservatives refuse to campaign to me mm-hmm. not that it would ever work because i'm smart and better than them but right exactly they refuse to campaign to younger people when their base is gonna die yeah they're and, naturally just gonna die of old age yeah and, and that's the thing is republicans are of course one blaming mail-in ballots mm-hmm. and number two they're blaming young people and specifically calling young people dumb for voting democrat and then they're wondering why the youth lean so heavily to the left and it's like i wonder if the gop Maybe alienates young people because they're so awful on issues like climate change, workers' rights, LGBTQ issues, abortion, and everything else. (laughs) Student debt, education reform, everything else that young people care about. Like, the Republican response to a group that is not voting for them is not to try new methods to reach them. 
but it's to blame the Democrats for indoctrinating them or to just straight up call them stupid and then wondering why they can't reach young people and then advocating to take their voting rights away. I, young people like me and Jeremy and most, most if not all of you listening are staring down a world where it's going to take me 20 years to be able to maybe even own a house. Where it's responsible for me to have a child. On like, God. Like I, not to be antinatalist, <laughs> but like in this world. I am, I am staring down a world where my, maybe my only possibility of owning a home, uh, no possibility of owning a home. My only possibility of living in a home is living in a neighborhood owned by BlackRock. Uh-huh. And they're telling me that it's because I'm lazy? Yeah, or living in the like the worst loft you can find on the planet. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Uh-huh. Everything looks bleak, uh-huh. and they just don't care. Their response is, "You're just being lazy." Look at all these lazy kids. Right. Eventually, those lazy kids are going to grow up, and it's not going to get better. Yeah, it's not going to get better, and they're going to realize that, and your base is just going to fucking die. Yeah, and it's like young people are at a point where they're being told that the economic system of capitalism and the way that we have built it in America can function for you. But we have never been alive, and people our age have never been alive at a time where capitalism has really worked. Mm-hmm. The last time capitalism has actually worked, before the entire system was basically sold off overseas, was like in the 70s. Yeah. And maybe for a little bit of time in the early 90s, before a bunch of like oil shocks came in and economic crises hit the world really hard, especially in America. <laughs> yeah. But like we haven't lived at a time where the capitalist system can work for us. And we know that because we grew up at a time where we'd see our parents struggling at the dinner table during the 08 recession. Yeah. Like we know how awful this system is it's no wonder that we're advocating for something different and subsequently voting for democratic candidates it shouldn't be a surprise but republicans their only response to that rather than maybe we can reach these people another way is let's disenfranchise them literally college is the number one way the the most finite tangible way to increase class mobility right numerous studies about this yet college is considered a bad financial decision and even extending beyond that if you're looking at going to medical school Mm -hmm. medical school is broadly considered an awful horrible financial decision for one to go that's why that's why you always hear like oh you don't become a doctor for the money like you have to become a doctor because you genuinely like being a doctor uh-huh. because even if you're looking at becoming a doctor which unless is you're already wealthy 12 exactly which is 12 years of schooling versus becoming an engineer which is four yeah. a doctor will not pass like career gains of an engineer until they're about 40 yeah like you will not make more money in your right. lifetime than an engineer until you're beyond 40 if you make it to 40 yeah you know what i mean and that's not including investments that an engineer could make reasonably mm-hmm. like we live in a world where bettering yourself is just to make bad financial decisions mm-hmm. what the fuck are you supposed to do not everyone can work a trade and then you're being told by republicans that if you try to go to college and take on debt it's somehow your fault yeah when you were born into a world where almost the entire game is rigged against you exactly and to pair <laughs> to go along with that we all live on social media now and are starved for actual human interaction mm-hmm and it's like that that is the world that they have built for us and then they blame us for struggling to exist in it and then they talk about college they talk about kids in college and like oh g- gender studies majors making up less than a percent of uh-huh. overall i'm a fucking biochemistry major mm-hmm. and my job options look bleak right i am a stem major i did quote everything right and my job options are still looking very bleak yeah. i'm looking at maybe working at a forensics crime lab which i don't know if i could do morally right. i feel like they're kind of a part of a cab but that's a different discussion and it's it's just crazy to me that like Republicans are so confused why young people don't vote for them when they're constantly talking about how awful young people are Mm -hmm. and demonizing them and trying to like degrade them for the jobs that they hold or the positions they seek or the things they're interested in or how they act or how they feel. It's like, yeah, no wonder they don't like you. You you don't believe in any of the things they believe in. And rather than try to amend your views to be more acceptable towards them or to be more sympathetic towards how they feel, you just think that 
they shouldn't be able to vote. Yes. How is that the solution? You think their rights should be taken away from uh-huh. them? A losing position when we look at the 2022 <laughs> yeah. midterm. A losing position in history as a whole. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, they've been blaming young people uh, and mail-in voting, which is uh, utilized by this young person here. I was a mail-in voter. That's right. I, I was not. I voted in person. I wanted my sticker. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Fair <sighs> what can enough. I say? Um, speaking Integral of, part of voting. Speaking of young people, though. And uh, speaking of bad things, student debt relief. We're talking about about how white people ruin everything. White, yeah. (laughs) This is a a section on how white lives don't matter. This is an anti-white racist section right here. Clip it and ship it right now. (laughs) Right now. Uh, Just a few days ago, we got to talk about student debt. Just a few days ago, Biden's student debt relief program was halted. By a federal judge in Texas. Uh, nothing ever good happens in Texas. Yeah. Biden's administration immediately appealed the decision, of course, to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. But the case is going to have to play out before any debt can be forgiven. Uh, as I mentioned, the the program has stopped for now, mm-hmm. meaning that the Department of Education is not doing any forgiveness. So although Crazy. you might have expected it to start by now, although you might have signed up during the month of October, uh, it's not going forward. At the I moment. think you can still apply. Yes. Just no forgiveness will be dished out. Right. It's not happening right yeah. now. So the Texas judge is arguing that although the 2003 HEROES Act, which passed after 9-11, allows <laughs> the Secretary of Education... Did you just laugh at 9-11? <laughs> God <laughs> damn. It's, it's every bill that comes after 9-11 always has something bad attached to it. It's you know corny. what I mean? It's corny. It's like the HEROES Act. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway. Although the 2003 HERO Act uh, allows the Secretary of Education to forgive student debt in a time of crisis, which a pandemic is a time of crisis, yeah. uh, it, the, the Texas judge is saying it does not allow the department to create a student loan forgiveness program, which is like, how would but you like, do debt that's, forgiveness That's then? pedantic. Right. Like, you can just forgive blanket amount. Isn't a program a way to facilitate blanket forgiveness? You would think. <laughs> like, isn't that a, like a logical extension if we take these things a step further? Right, right. You would think so. Uh, the judge said specifically, quote, in this country, we are ruled not by an all-powerful executive with a pen and a phone. Ah, mm. are oh, we're, we're just sure about that? We're just ruled by um, all-powerful uh, debtors that hold all of our debt. Yeah, we're ruled by Sally May. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but we are ruled by, like, the federal government that has a bunch of our debt. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, so, yeah, not great. Not great. The suing group is obviously a... Um, a conservative group, the plaintiffs here and the plaintiffs, the individuals, because you have to have individuals yeah. for these cases. They're not people that didn't qualify for debt right. forgiveness. Right. They're people that qualified. Okay. Right. And obviously, right. Conservative group is backing this conservative group is funding this, but the two people suing are, uh, yeah, I'll just read a quote. Or from one CNN. didn't qualify. Yeah. I'll read a quote from CNN. They said, quote, one plaintiff did not qualify for student loan forgiveness program because her loans are not held by the federal government. And the other plaintiff is, is not is only eligible for ten thousand dollars in debt relief because he did not receive a Pell Grant. They're playing spoiler. They're spoiling Fuck you. It. Two Fuck people. You. Are, no, literally. That's crazy. Literally. Like a lot of people might argue like, oh, well, they're just individuals. Don't direct hate towards it. Nah, fuck no, them. fuck them. That's, that, no, no, you're kidding me. You got $10,000 of your debt forgiven, wiped away. Right. I would argue it should be more. And right. you should be arguing it should be more. Like he's he's mad that he didn't get more. Yeah. So he's saying no one should get any? Right. Fuck you! Yeah, he's literally trying to ruin it for everyone. And then That's the first crazy. person evacuate yourself from the realm of the right. living. That's nuts. <laughs> the woman here is saying that she didn't qualify for student loan forgiveness because her loans aren't federal, and it's like the federal government <laughs> can't force private loaning agencies to forgive your debt. And you would get mad if they could. Maybe you should argue that the federal government should be able to force Sally May to fuck off. Right. 
I don't I don't understand how this lawsuit is in any way on any legally justified grounds. And I, I you're just you're like, complaining. You're complaining. I don't understand how they got two like young people yeah. to do this. I I th- it's they went probably went to the same school of they like, went to the uh, local the, TPUSA chapter. No no no. They went to the same school of the people like the Heritage Foundation people that got the Asian American group yeah. to do the um yeah that affirmative, affirmative action, action yeah. suit. Like, that'll happen soon too. Yeah, that's what's going. I think oral argument started. Going to the Supreme Court right now? Like the affirmative action stuff? Oh, yeah, that would make sense. We won't get decision for a while. Oh, no, but oral, oral argument is going on. Yeah, no, so it's it's two people that are filing this lawsuit backed by a conservative interest group, I'm going to assume, with millions of dollars behind them. And they're saying, like, yeah, well, I didn't get 20. One dude saying, I didn't get 20,000 because he didn't qualify for a Pell Grant, probably because his family isn't poor enough to get a Pell Grant. Yeah, and wow. then this other person is saying, well, I have private loans. It's like, neither of you should have loans. Like, can you read? Yeah. Can, can you read? Yeah. You probably voted no on Prop 3 because it was too confusing. <laughs> yeah, this is like if I sued, like, uh, fucking uh, Medicaid or something. And it's like, wow, they don't give me free health care? Yeah. Like, you should get free health care. But Medicaid is for poor people this that can't like afford it. This is like if I didn't sue my university for giving me more money. Right. Like, you. oh, really? Someone else got more money to cover their higher class load than me? This is, like this you, is ridiculous. You are, like, the worst person, the worst people on the planet, ruining it for literally everybody else. And I know it's a conservative interest group. They would have found other plaintiffs to do it through. It's not, like, necessarily these two individuals. But it's, like, you are contributing but to But it's, evil. like, they're scabs. Right. Yeah, no, <laughs> they're, exactly. They're scabs. You're like, ruining same it concept. for everybody. Same concept. It's ridiculous. You don't have to do this. And we don't fuck with scabs here. Right. Leave it to a leave it to a judge in Texas to make something bad out of a post 9-11 bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's never been any post 9-11 bills that have been bad. No post 9-11 bills have mm, taken away rights from people, mm, done very bad things, yeah, mm, expanded like the surveillance state. <laughs> nothing like that. Anyway, this case, it's probably going to end up at the Supreme Court because it's going to be appealed and then reheard and then appealed and it's going to eventually make its way up to the Supreme Court of the United States. Yeah. And it's the Supreme Court's decision, which I can only assume is going to be bad for the loan forgiveness program. It's going to have a lot of implications. It's going to basically say yeah. that the, the federal government can't forgive student loans and possibly any loans that it owns, which Sick. is not good. I, I, I don't really give any benefit of the doubt to a court that said innocence is not enough to get you off of death row. Yeah. Yeah. E, not yeah. a good look. Not a good, look, not a good look. Maybe we should pack that. And one thing I want to address is that some weirdo leftists and a lot of people on the right have been saying like, oh, this was Biden's plan all along. He wanted to offer debt relief as a ploy for the election and then make sure it never actually happened. Yeah, I don't. I'm sure. not convinced. Bi- for sure. That's definitely Biden's plan. Fuck off. It's like I, I'm not convinced by this one because like there's no evidence to suggest that Biden was doing it's all kind of just speculation. Yeah, Biden like, actually funded this uh, conservative interest group to yeah. do it and make the lawsuit come out after polls had already come in. Right. Get out of here. That's like Alex Jones shit. There's no real evidence for that. But also it's like, like, was it used to get votes? Yeah. Like he, he did it to drum up support for the midterms and it worked, but that's because everything every politician does or says is to get votes. That's how elections work. That's That's, how democracy works. I, I fucking hate that take. We shit on that take every time conservatives say it. Because that's what conservatives said when this come out. It was like, oh, they're just doing it to get votes. Yes. 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 And it's working. Oh, my God. They're raising minimum wage to get votes. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. It's a bribe. Okay, I'm bribed. Like, <laughs> they, they did it. Wow. Good. Good. And it's like, I, I have a problem with leftists saying this because I have been seeing like lefties. I don't know how many people on Twitter, really. Yeah. I've been seeing lefties say this kind of thing. And I have a problem with it. Is The reason I have a problem with it is because it bails conservatives out for having any responsibility over this. Mm-hmm. It is the Republican Party that, at a congressional level, is preventing debt relief from ever passing Congress. Yeah. And it is conservatives now, as a part of this interest group, as a, part of, as a part of this lawsuit, that is preventing you from having access to your student debt relief. It is not the Democrats' fault. It is not liberals' fault. Of course, they should go farther. They should try to do more. Biden yeah. isn't the best president, blah, 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 blah. But 
conservatives should receive sole responsibility for this happening and trying to drum up some narrative that this was Biden's plan all along abdicates their moral responsibility to preventing you from having some amount of economic freedom in your life. Your, your they are hate, at fault. Your hate for Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. And don't get me wrong. I don't like him. Yeah. I don't like Joe Biden. Not a fan. I don't like the Democratic Party. Exactly. Right? But you've let your hate bolster the power of conservatives. Yeah. You've let your hate for the Democratic Party bolster conservative rhetoric. Yeah. Like, it's the whole reason why accelerationists are dumb. Right. And it's like, yeah, the argument you're making is either purposefully or accidentally in favor of the right wing. Yeah. Like, you are you are just helping them. You're just servicing their narrative by saying, like, oh, Joe Biden never actually wanted to do it. It, you're making a right-wing argument, and you yeah. shouldn't be. Like, it's the fault of conservatives that this stuff hasn't happened. Liberals should go harder? Yeah. I don't sure. love the Democratic Party. They should do more for you. But Biden's doing what he can right now, or exactly. at least what he has determined he could do, and that's getting halted anyway. And coming up with some conspiracy theory that this was his plan all along only allows conservatives to get away with it, and we shouldn't like do that. The the system has been built in a way to only ever allow these, like, narrow crumbs to get through. Yeah. And they're working with the best that they can, kind yeah. of. And I think that we should kind of celebrate when good things happen, wow. controversially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hot take. We really should. We really should. Uh, but I think that brings us to the end of the episode. That does. I hope you all enjoyed our um, our first our first time talking coverage. about politics. Ever. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll do it a little bit more. We've been politicking a little bit this episode. Just this episode. I don't know if we'll do it again. Yeah. Next week we wow. might go back to sports news. To be honest, real. Yeah, we'll see. Real basketball season's heating up. <laughs> but, but before we go, though. You know we got to give a special thanks to our patrons, the people that got to see our one-hour pre-show before we exactly. went live on Tuesday, and the people that we love the most, the people that provide us with the support that we need our to get through. Our own personal DCCC, mm-hmm. funding the right campaign effort. Uh-huh. The Hitto Triple C. The Hitto Triple C. Uh, we got to give a special thanks to Cricket's Grabbook Layout, Nikki Nine Lives, Kid and Kraut, Lord T, Chris the Postman, Christy Beck, Talia Katz, 40% Spite, Andrew Harris, Mike Chaplinski, Mattias T, The B-Plot, Omar Zeno, Clayton LaFed, Mark Yeager, Sarah McRoberts, Derek Messina, Dylan B, The Mind Sculptors, Kaz, Caleb Joy, Jim Bobs, Carl D, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Meyer Maldonado, Hunter W., Fergalaki, Max Vasquez, Jacob Rogers, Colton Mooberry, Fixer Punk, Jim Egberts, Jeff Muzzy, Ted Cruz's Boy Toy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Bread, Joe Stenstrom, uh, Adrian Sandoval, and my mom. Thank you all for supporting the show on Patreon. We've gotten some new patrons since we did the live stream. Yes, we did. Uh, welcome. And I hope welcome. you make yourself at home. Uh, if you're in the $5 or up tier, welcome to the early episode. That's right. You had to get in there, and you got in there. I hope you I hope you enjoyed the more live streams that we'll be doing in the future. Exactly. Because we had lots of fun, and winter break is right around the corner for us. Yeah, winter break is right around the corner. Um, hopefully, I make it. <laughs> for exam <laughs> season. I am alive by then. Uh, y'all will be able to tell at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tweets might stop. Uh, uh, thanks for listening to the episode, all. Uh, exactly. we, we will, um, we'll see you next week. Have a great one.